Welcome back, everybody. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 32. Um, how are you guys doing out there? I uh, got a little bit of a cold, but I figured I'd get through this episode um, because it's a big one. Um, so just want to check in, see how you guys are doing. Uh, out here, we've been trying to surf as much as we can, which hasn't been much. I, this has kind of been a theme for months and months now. There just hasn't been that many waves. But we're making the most of it, trying to do what we can, and uh, hope you guys are doing the same. Uh, hope you guys are scoring. I know there's been some swell in Hawaii. I know our guys and girls down in Mexico, they've been scoring during the Mexi Log Fest, so that's been kind of good. Uh, but hope everybody's getting what they can get. Uh, you know, it's been pretty chill here. Uh, the other night, actually went to go see Eric B and Rakim with uh, Mike Siordia and uh, Lars from Cayuga's Hot Sauce. Uh, the one thing I'll say is if you see one of these tours going through your town, take advantage of it, especially someone like uh, Rakim. You know, our legends aren't around as long as we'd like to think they are. Uh, and you got to take every opportunity you can to see them. This was probably one of the best shows I'd ever seen. Uh, Rakim is just, I mean, lyrical genius. Uh, Eric B. You, gets overlooked a lot of times for the beats that he created are unbelievable to see them live was like such a good treat and to see him with our boys was like a lot of fun but like i said this episode is going to be a doozy but before we get into it i want to do a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew make sure to check out our page bodega border as well as the full episode description on your itunes player for track listings links to things we're talking about links pertaining to things we're talking to people with about um and this episode we're talking to two people this is a long one uh we have an interview with troy elmore troy elmore is a surfer shaper down from costa mesa amazing goofy footer on every type of equipment i love watching him surf logs and uh, twin fins and fish uh you could see a lot of his surfing in uh suck my wake uh from captain finn that we've linked to you should check that out uh, the other mini interview we have is with Chris from Holoholic. Uh, Holoholic is this Instagram account uh, that focuses on hulls, so him and I just sit down and kind of geek out on hulls for a little bit. This week on our short takes, uh, first we start off with a board collab that Bob McTavish did with the artist uh, James Edelson. Next we get into a video put out by Surf Market, a surf shop in Japan, uh, where they're test riding a Dash Surfboard's Black Nail uh, log. Uh, next, we talk about the Critical Slide Society full-length video they just released, uh, which is really interesting. And lastly, we'll be talking about uh, an exhibit that Current is putting on called Salt of the Earth in Rhode Island. That's a surf art and uh, video festival. And like I was saying, it, this is going to be a long episode. It definitely is because I'm going to start off with something that went down this weekend. Uh, you guys might have noticed that we made a couple of posts and jokes about the Surf Ranch contest that was going down uh, in Lemoore, Kelly Sl Slater Wave Pool, WSL, international teams, yawn, 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 uh, kind of thing. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this is up is this past weekend or week on social media, there was such a dramatic difference happening having to do with surf contests. On one end, you had the WSL Wave Pool contest that they did inland up there and the on the other end you had the mexi log fest that was winding down that was a week-long festival down in uh playa saldita uh mexico the reason i bring it up obviously you know which way i'm gonna lean on this but 
it, it was if you had a chance to look at people's stories yesterday you saw at the crux the issue that i have and i think everyone in this community has with the two differences and the issues is that you look at something like the wsl wave pool thing it basically turned surfing so elitist you know a ticket was costing something like a hundred and something dollars people were selling them on uh on Craigslist with a super, you know, upcharge, like it was some kind of concert. Uh, any video you saw of it was the same video. If you notice anyone's uh, Instagram stories that were at the event, it's the same thing. They're looking from the bleachers down this tunnel, barely able to see anything. They're not really experiencing the contest. On the other end, you look at the Mexi Log Fest. It wasn't just a contest, it was a whole like celebration. It was a whole festival. It was people hanging out, it was people eating, there was music, there was art, there was, you know, surf video nights, there was people getting to know each other, like learning about logging culture, where it's going, learning about the people of Mexico. Um, last night's party that they had to shut it down was like amazing. Like that's the whole that's like my issue and why I get upset about these things and why I'm so passionate about these things is that you look at what the WSL is doing and the WSL, what they're doing, they're, they're trying to, you know, make this whole thing that they're bringing surfing to the masses when in actually they're alienating people. Like, think about it. Do you really want to pay a hundred something dollars to go see a surf contest? Not me. Like I know when I go see surf contests, even WSL contests in Hawaii, I just walk on the beach. My family and I just go, we walk up there, we look, you know, pro. I remember one year we were sitting with um, Ace Buchanan's uh, Ace Buckins family next to us and their kids and his kid was playing with my kid and it was very accessible very fun What they're going towards now is almost like going to an NFL game Like you'll never have that interaction with that athlete You know, you'll never have that interaction with the culture of the event All you're gonna do is be a spectator and have to pay for it. It turned it into golf versus like these surf festivals like you know the relic like you know duct tape invitational like the hot dog or like the mexi log fest where it's you really feel like you're part of the community that's how the culture grows the culture doesn't grow by making putting up a wall the culture grows by taking down the wall and i'm sorry but the wsl all they're doing is putting up an elitist wall you know they're as bad as some administrations are when it comes to this kind of thing versus you know f surf festivals like the mexi log fest like the byron bay like Nusa, like all this stuff. You look, just from a social media perspective, you could tell it's a different experience. And that's the experience I think we all want. If we want the surfing culture to go in the right way and the right people being involved in it, you know, whether they're like first time surfers and getting in it the right way, the festivals are the way to go. What the WSL is doing is they're basically turning it into like the NFL. They're basically showing people who want to get into surfing that one, it's inaccessible on a certain level and two that the ultimate goal is to be some fucking jock i don't think i mean my audience i know that's not what they're into and i'm glad and this is why i do the podcast and it's definitely not what i'm why i'm into it i'm not into this jockey bullshit you know this douchebaggy shit that's what the wsl is and the wsl did a really good job of showing that this weekend they really did a good really good job of how shitty they are and I love Izzy and the guys for Mexi Logfest and what they did because that's what we need. We need more of that. So, look, go out there, support your local surf contest. Um, you know, even last weekend there was the uh, the long stick jam that was happening in Santa Cruz. 
all those types of contests, that's what's gonna grow the culture. Don't spend your money on the WSL thing. Their, you know, their audience is not at us. It's not our audience. It's not what we do. I don't think it's what our, you know, people who listen to this podcast are into. So definitely support your local surf contests and festivals as much as you can. But again, I told you it's a long one, so I'm gonna get to it. Um, so enough of me ranting. Right now, I'm gonna get into some tracks, and then we'll come back with an interview with Troy Elmore. Peace. Front like I was down one, cut and saddle down, cut and find the ground I hold down. Used to get my roll out, hit the spot to stroll out. Now I find one where the hand I like to hold down. Every time I wet her dudes, always wanna stare. I be staring back like, dude, I wanna go there. Used to didn't care, now I hit you with a chair. If that just so happened, touch a string on her hair. Now me and Shorty Wap spending more and more time. So since she got my heart, then I gotta have her spine. And if any fool try to come from what's mine, a pair of size nines where the sun don't shine, the sugar and my Kool-Aid, boo, get me through days. Swear to God, when they done my watch, I throw a bouquet. Say nowhere on this earth, nowhere in this world, I should ever, ever see you step into my girl. That's my old girl, my old girl from college I always think about her when the leaves turn orange Yeah, we went to Wesleyan and she scoffed at Vassar I met her at a wine and she's, I looked right past her Apparently, she would notify me right after I smashed her the first night The first pipe's the worst pipe But after, I satisfied thirst like mm, The pastor, I satisfied a church like She lived in Wesco and she studied frescoes And head to toes, she stayed in the best Clothes. I represent Queens, she would move out to Brooklyn Never thought that she would have a precious heart taken By a shy brown guy from Bell Rose That stayed in shell toes until hell froze Her freckles dance on her porcelain skin It's like she got a special force within And I've been high, but ain't no higher place Than alongside her by the fireplace Act like you ain't even seen me standing next to her I'll tie your kicks together if you ever try and step to her Must be why you tripping when I ask you why you stressing her Passing notes and texting her, I'm about to shoot the messenger Used to smash, slap them on the ass and go away the gas When I'ma call them and I hit them with a poker face Cold and shoulder, known to blow a load then leave them frozen skate Magnum rapper in the trash, I told them nothing gold can stay Who's she? Guess I turn over a new leaf Now I'm choosing groups A through D over group E's Lose sleep, lately only counting on these two sheep You and me, baby, skipping town up on these coupe seats must have broke them all when they made you Probably broke a nail or two Flipping off these lame dudes Hollering in plain view Awesome, what's your name, boo? Barely had a dollar and a dream But it came true
and you never heard it like this, heard it like this before. before. You're guaranteed, You're guaranteed to come back, come back for more. Here we go, yo. Live and direct, the prettiest girls who cast the most checks. Straight to the bank and cause never walk in looking mad cute with cell phone talking. Fellas, they all jock my crew. They buy us dinner and jewelry and shoes. When it comes to attention, we're the center. They come to my crib and they try to enter. <laughs> I kick rhymes just for fun. Brooklyn, New York is where I'm from. The place I dwell, New York City, where girls like us become so pretty.
the microphone solo with. So you sit by the radio and on the dial soon. As you hear it, pump up the volume. Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow. Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go. It's a full letter word when it's heard to control your body to dance. So, dot text the tempo like a red alert. Reach it to reflex and let it work. When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps. So can say, and I'ma still come up with a gift to be swift. Follow the leader, the rhyme ago. Death with the record that was mixed a long time ago. It could be done, but only I could do it. For those that could dance and clap your hands to it. I start to think, and then I sink into the paper like I was ink. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line. I escape when I finish the rhyme. I got soul, soul, soul. Like this might tempt me to pull show my rings in my fat gold chain. Grab the mic like I'm on so trained, but I wait. Cause I master this. Let the others go first so the brothers don't miss. Eric B break the sticks. Rock him will begin when you make the mix. I'll experiment like a scientist. You wanna rhyme? You gotta sign my list. Cause I'ma manifest and bless the mic I'll hold. You wanna next? Then you gotta have soul. Cause if you ain't got it, I'ma make an encore. Take the mic, make the people respond for the R. Cause that's the way it'll have to be If you wanna get on after me Think about it, wait, erase your rhyme Forget it, and don't waste your time Cause I'll be in the crowd if you ain't controlling it Drop the mic, you shouldn't be holding it This is how it should be done This style is identical to none Some try to make it sound like this But you're getting me So upset that I'm wet cause you're sweating me I drip steam like a microphone theme Ego to MC is my theme I get hype when I hear a drum roll, rock him is on the mic, and you know I got soul. Rockem gets stronger as I get older. Constant elevation causes expansion. I write my rhymes while I'm cool in my mansion. They put it on tape and in the city I test it. Then on the radio, the R's requested. You listen to it, the concept might break you. Cause almost anyone can relate to. Whoever's out of hand, I'ma give them handles. Light them up, blow them out like candles. Or should I just let them out? To give them a hand so they can see how I felt. I'm not bold just cause I rock gold. Rock cameras on the mic. You know I got soul, soul, Now I'ma stop to see what you got. Get off the mic for get too hot. I wanna see which posse can dance the best. It should be easy, cause the beat is fresh. Now feel from uptown, Brooklyn bound, the Bronx, Queens, or Long Island sound. Even other states come right and exact. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Since you came here, you have to show and prove. And do that dance until it don't move. That's all you need is soul, self-esteem, or release. The rest is up to you. Rock him or say peace. Got it!
son, the loudest one. Representing BK to the fullest. Gats, I pull it. Bastards ducking when Big B bucking. Chicken heads be clucking in my bathroom fucking. It ain't nothing. They know Big B handling with the Mac in the act door paneling. Bandaging MCs. Oxygen, they can't breathe. Mad tricks up the sleeve. Wear boxes so my dick can breathe. Breeze through in the Q45 by my side. Lyrical high. And those that brushes my clutches get put on crutches. Get smoked like touches from the master. Hate to blast ya, but I have to. You see, I smoke a lot. Your life is played out like Kwame and them fucking polka dots. Who rock the spot? Biggie, you know how the weed go unbelievable. does it better than I, so approve, I call him Simon, most rappers is real hard, but still hardly rhyming, to all, rise and shine, give God glory, I already give a percent of mine to Bert and Corey, and still got bills and employees to pay, so excuse me Lord, we'll settle up towards the end of my days, my ways of control is hard to swallow, known to leave, but some would rather see me follow behind, sorry to disappoint, but this joint's mine, display your envy, but say no, more I'm blind like Did the rainbow through the dirt and added the clip with Los Kano. My men's wear problems like Tim. See it all in their face. Ass mates, we got wars to win, scores to settle, crews to crush. You rush right in to see us do it with a smile. It's long, ow, y'all. Longevity's a 
sustaining my celebrity stats from A to the PM. You see him all foul, y'all. I was told step righteous. So when it's done, everyone will say I step right. And whether through religion or stop by, the cop shining this flash in my face, I'm bound to see the lie. I'm up against these walls here, my back stiff straight up, dazzling, rattling broads like I'm Little Juan Magic, magnetically handle mics, they don't drop, cop drama every time these commas don't drop, pop spots like lint on your shirt, the network shoot the rock, homie, your bitty court's a bore, four couldn't do it, so we bring on six, I circumcise the track, you just a dick, overlapped and hooded, skin repeated like stuttering John, I repeat like yesterday, it don't stop, George, it is four like pop, put the scarlet in the place you believe. Much better than your lies She say she looking better in mine Bullshit, same crop She done ran the duck, cramming the fuck I put the pudding on her like Bill Cosby I tried to speak my piece in court But Judge Mills paused me Bye, hopeless, we die hopeless sometime You'll cry your poker face, you ought to try it one time Goddess and nine pods standard Download demanded like slaves on trial We want free Man, cock ain't ready, it's time you MC So you rappers bust BB guns Graffiti run through my veins since cable with the wide remote Wood grain like you wide as float Pretty Tony in daylight so We been slimming through the bros since we were eight years old Take us back to 88, you couldn't catch our flow A group of kids so original, you heard? Come on, pretty Tony in daylight so We been slimming through the bros since we were eight years old Take us back to 88, you couldn't catch our flow A group of kids so original Tony Tanner with big cameras for bad manners who got on We kiss cannons with scrams in his crew And his wack dances biting his forbidden paw Pay that tax and don't you ever look at this funny Boy, we'll bring rap back and that'll hurt you like Superman Chased by a group of men with dynamite Real hip-hopper, do you in? Floor you like Dooku, Kim, I'm Lulu in Hula hoop on bitches, cuckoo for brand new piss Cut master, killer make sure we cut classics Buck bastards in broad day and tuck caskets Next to Uday and Kusei Hopped in the group, shoot the PA and just lay Whoop day, whoop day Used to roost ball beads and snatch a dude's toupee Since tuning in to Tila Rock and AJ Ghostface gats is fresh squeeze like a glass of OJ Girls, you can go cruising in my OJ Welcome back to the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 32. Hope you guys been digging the tracks. Uh, this episode, we're going to be a little different in that I'm picking some stuff that has a little bit of a rock undertone to it. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, so I started off with that Vampire Weekend track. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Vampire Weekend track is actually uh, based off a beat that was a Souls of Mischief song, so it was really cool to, for them to do that kind of alternate version with... Uh, Danny Brown and those guys, and I started the show off with that. Uh, but anyway, here's the housekeeping. This is the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 32. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full uh, iTunes description of this episode for track listings and links to things we're talking about and links that pertain to things we're talking people with. And in this episode, we're first going to start off talking with Troy Elmore. Uh, I'm a big fan of Troy Elmore's boards, and that's how I came to know him, by seeing some of his boards in Mollusk and, and uh, Talia. And then I started looking for surfing uh, videos of him and clips of him, and he has this amazing style that I, 
I definitely feel akin to because, and we'll get into it in an interview where we talk about, you know, surf, uh, skate influence and in surfing styles. And you can see it in his thing. Uh, the one thing I want to warn you is there's at one point a compressor goes off, uh, which we had no control over because uh, we were in his, uh, in his uh, shop where he does shaping and there's a couple other businesses there. So I apologize for the noise in advance, but check out the interview and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Sacramento. Oh, up north. Yeah. Okay. And uh, lived there probably until I was like eight or ten. Uh huh. Raised fishing and stuff with my grandpa. Uh huh. And uh, then we moved to Laguna. Lived there for a few years and just skateboarded. Moved to Huntington Beach, and I guess that's probably where I would say I'm from. You know, spent the most time there. Right. And uh, yeah, just grew up skating and stuff with. How'd you get into skating? Um, my babysitter at the time I think he was a skater and it just seemed cool and he I had my dad's old skateboard it was actually a Corey O'Brien Santa Cruz <laughs> with like thunder trucks it was probably early I mean obviously super early thunder yeah. trucks and like big like bullet wheels and I was you know what's dad. scary that's like my era of like when I started skating yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's like when someone tells me like oh this really old board I'm like yeah wow well, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> no, really, no, no, I'm joking. But it was a shape. It wasn't like a popsicle stick, you know. Yeah. It was like a. It was probably like a 1990. Yeah, that was like 89. 90. Yeah. And uh, it was the one where it's like the street sideways, and there's the devil guy, and there's like this octopus lady walking. You know, I don't know if you've seen that one. No. So that's after the Reaper one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the Reaper. That was like 89 or something. Yeah, that's like the that. one that everyone remembers. Yeah, kind of totally. like they this, reissued. And it ha yeah. So I know that one really well, but this one was a later one. That's why it was before popsicle sticks or like the football shape, you know. Uh -huh. um, but I had that board and it was just so big. And then my babysitter gave me his old board and it was just like a chewed up. I don't even remember what it was, but chips on both sides, like really small wheels. And I think, yeah, I just thought he was cool that he skateboarded and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, started trying to like golf curbs and do all that stuff. So skating was like way before surfing? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and I don't... I, uh, I had surf movies too. My aunt gave me What's Lost, What's Really Going On. Uh -huh. And that was my first surf movie. And I watched that religiously for two or three years. And that's something. when you were moved here to Huntington? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or that was actually in Laguna when she gave me that. And then once I moved to Huntington, still was watching it. And I didn't start surfing probably until I was like 12. Uh huh. I. I went and like boogie boarded, stood up on a boogie board, all that stuff, and I like don't think my mom wanted me to or was worried about me swimming or something like that. So I was probably like 11 or 12 and then got super into it and started riding my bike to the beach and all that stuff. And um, Who would have like the, who like let you ride their first board or? Uh, one of my mom's friend gave us, it was like a full 80s thruster. Just oh, jeez. Like, I don't even remember what it was. I actually just borrowed it. I remember we had to give it back to him. And then right after that, I got a full 90s, like 6'6 six, six or 6'3, six, something in between there. Uh -huh. Like really elf shoe. It was a Becker. <laughs> and I got it used and I remember just buying it because it, it was blue and then it had black rails, and then it had checkers down the center. And oh, jeez. It, <laughs> it had like everything, like yeah. they just like threw up on the board. Yeah, and it had a Volcom sticker, 
and I think it was a, it was Jeff Moise's old board because he rode for Becker and Volcom. He was like a '90s guy. He rode longboards and shortboards and uh-huh. stuff. But I think it was one of his old boards. So that was my first surfboard. So '90s Becker. And who were like some of the people that you were surfing with when you were just starting out? Um, just my mom took me until uh-huh. probably like 13, 14, and then I probably had some friends in like junior high and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, yeah, I would go with those kids, but I primarily hung out with like skateboarders because uh, all the kids on my street, no, they didn't really surf, we all just skated and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, still like hanging on to skate. Were they par- park or street skaters? Uh, just what I We would go to the Huntington Park next to the high school, uh-huh. but uh, this kid had a flat bar and like a kicker ramp that his brother uh-huh. built, and so we just skated that, and he, he had like a really good curb out in front of his house. Nice wax curb. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah, yeah, it was a, I still go, I'll drive by it, like a lead, <laughs> it was a big curb, it was yeah. this big red one had so much wax on it and yeah it was like skating a ledge back then for sure we used to call them lerbs like it's between a ledge and a yeah, curve totally. like it's like a higher curve but it's not a ledge you're like okay it's about the height of the width of a board yeah. so that like would fit that, that like totally. we, we'd put a board next to it we're like okay it's a lerb yeah like if you video it like you don't feel so corny totally it's like you gotta ollie into shit on this yeah um, who are some of the kids you were skating with just like random just neighbor. random neighborhood kids yeah um yeah, kids I went to school with. Like, what year was this? Um, so I was surfing. I was probably in seventh grade uh-huh. at this point. You know, surfed for a year or so. Um, I was older compared to all the other kids. Like, in junior high, I was always like uh, on the like the tail end of being like too old for my yeah. grade or whatever. So, yeah, I think I was in seventh grade. Uh, you know, and was getting more serious into surfing, but just. Would you see anybody at the Huntington Park? Any of the pros? Was that yeah, was that totally. like that? Who were the guys? Was it like Reynolds and those guys? Yeah, um, I remember seeing Reynolds. I saw Jeff Rally uh-huh. all the time, and he actually lived down the street from me. And uh, uh, who did I see? Um, he rode for Flip, and I played him skate. I remember this when I was really young. And he played Switch. Uh, Bastion Salabonzi? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was there all the time. And I think I was just like a little like dickhead and asking him to play skate, knowing who he was. And he would like, kill me. Yeah, just like, and he played Switch and he still killed me. But it's Because <laughs> cool. um, that's when they had that Warner house, right? Whatever yeah, that is. That's yeah. that era? Probably, yeah, because that was like the... Baker, yeah, I don't know. All the skaters lived in Huntington, yeah, and uh, like all the flip dudes, yeah, all those guys. There was a black label, was like yeah. some of those black. So like my friend came out here in ninety, I'm gonna say three or four. Um, he wrote for Black Label, Gino Iannucci, and him and Dill were yeah so that was that era like that was they were kind of tail, then they moved to LA and stuff yeah. but they used to come back to New York all the time and be like dude it's that Huntington Park is fucking nuts yeah. there's like everyone's there like Reynolds like all these guys like, for like, sure it's fucking crazy I mean you're kind of lucky to like kind of see totally, that first yeah. because there's like footage of like like I, I remember seeing all like 411 footage from there and it looks like 
people would just like randomly roll up with like cameras and like they're these guys would just be yeah. there. They're like, all right, let's all right, record for a day. Totally. We got like ten clips. Yeah. Give me the four one one. I remember yeah, always being there and like a pro would show up and be filming and I always remember it was so sick. There was one part like the wall kind of went around the whole park. There was one part that was like a little bit lower and it was a rail and they would always ollie over the rail into the park or do flip tricks over it. Uh-huh. I thought that was so cool, like so high for back then. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. Um, there was also that funky rail, right? That thing that went down the bank. Yeah, the kink rail. That, that thing was gnarly. Like how big was that? It was like it looks like it's a foot high. It doesn't look like anything. It, I mean, yeah, it's probably like knee yeah. or under high. Yeah. And it was a kink rail, but it had like smooth transition and it was round. So it was really like you could loop out. Like really shoot hard. out. Yeah. That uh, was like Penny used to do stuff like all over that thing all the time and stuff. Totally. It's crazy when those guys were there. Yeah. Um, so you, you start, you surfed a little bit more. You're getting serious into it. Yeah. You're surfing mostly like shortboards? Yeah, pretty much shortboards. Um, was that because like what was around you or? Totally. I think just like I watched that Lost video until it just exploded. Uh, that was like the only thing I knew um, until eighth grade and I met... Uh, Turkey Stopnik, Scotty Stopnik, yeah. and Chase Stopnik. Uh-huh. I used to surf. I was getting way more into it, and my mom let me homeschool, and I was doing like surf contests and stuff like that. And I would surf, leave my board at HSS, and go get breakfast. And I left my board one day, and I get back, and someone drew like a penis on my board, <laughs> and because it was a Jeff Deffenbot had a monkey on it, and they drew a penis like where the monkey's legs were and I was like <laughs> and I was like man who did this and I didn't even know and it was this guy like this guy Chase and he's laughing and stuff and I just I don't know I didn't even really care I just thought it was funny and uh, I would always talk to him and then he was like yeah we're, me and my cousins are gonna go skate if you wanna skate I think he knew that I skateboarded so I went and skated with them and they were like super punk you know we're riding like uh, like Dwayne Peters boards shapeboards yeah like shapeboards I was writing I remember I had a toy machine with like the turtle boy on it and I thought that was cool and I go skating with them and they're all riding these huge boards like 169s like 60 classics pointed nose square tail boards and uh, I just thought it was really sick we drove there and chased this Cadillac and it barely made it it was a <laughs> Westminster skate park the first time I ever skated there and after that, it was like over. Like that's what I wanted to skate. And I went surfing with them, and they were riding longboards. And I still shortboard and stuff. That's just what I had. And yeah. I asked Turkey one day. I was like, Hey, can I try your longboard? And uh, he's like, Yeah, for sure. It was a really clean, glassy afternoon in Huntington. We surfed on the south side of the pier, and I got on it and caught a couple waves and was so stoked. It just uh-huh. felt like nothing I've experienced before you know just yeah all I've ridden was shortboards and then caught did contests and stuff like that and was that like the light bulb moment like yeah kind of totally like, it was just fun you know because I the environment that I grew up surfing in wasn't really like that like Huntington is very aggressive mm-hmm. every kid is you know training doing NSSAs like they have a coach and stuff and I actually had a little bit of that going on but I just I never really clicked with it. Yeah. So once I tried that, it was like over. Yeah. And just 
that's all I wanted to do. Well, it's almost like it's like it, it's kind of interesting because you see this a lot on the North Shore too. It's like almost like these parents are with the coaching and the contest and all that stuff. They're almost looking at it more as like their kid being in like basketball, right? Like trying to get like like obviously you can't get like a of scholarship from surfing but they're kind of looking the parents are pushing totally, that yeah. much shit that's like kind of insane no it's yeah it's really shocking because I still go down there and see it all the time I'm just like oh my gosh these kids are they're not even I don't even know like they're out there have the loudest mouths and stuff and just like burning people and they're like 10 years old and yelling at people mm-hmm. like, I don't know it's insane and I mean it's like it's a it's a de-evolution of like the surf culture in a way for sure um like it's it's hard i know it's hard i know i'm really new to this but i've seen it and it's i've heard a lot of people who've been in the culture for you know 40 years or so and they're like you know this is not how we as kids were exposed to this totally it's now do you think that's a thing of like just like generational or do you think it's because of the kind of surfing that they're getting involved in i think both and i just think it's like the times you know like what they're seeing and stuff like that and like I don't know I, I personally like my thing is like I hate the jockification of surfing oh for like, sure I fucking can't stand yeah. it like it's like it's ruining something that's like so beautiful and like I, I mean I hate to be like wax poetic about it but it's like kind of like when we go out there in the water it's a really amazing experience and to see that experience being like ruined or at least disturbed by that kind of like energy coming in is yeah. like no, much. it's insane. And I just don't even get what the point of it is, you know? Like, Well, it's interesting because like you were saying, like you were exposed to it when you were younger. Yeah. You stepped away from it. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing... I did NSSAs really young. As soon as I started surfing and kind of got the hang of it, it's like that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I wanted to like have sponsors and do that. And mm-hmm. I remember having like a coach or person who would take me to the beach and kind of like tell me what I was doing wrong. And I, I never really, I wasn't like the other kids where I, it just didn't feel good. But even though I still wanted it, but it was the only thing that I knew. And uh, Well, that's interesting in that sense that like what you're saying is like, maybe it is all they know. Like, yeah, you're not exactly. exposed to the other shit. I, yeah, they're just exposed to that. Like, I don't know. Right now it's different. Like, you see a lot of people are definitely open-minded mm-hmm. all of a sudden right now where people were riding twin fins and all that stuff like I think because like Ryan Birch like that yeah psychic migration part yeah you know that like definitely opened people's eyes like they've been there forever but it's just now they're like oh what like yeah. and everyone's got like a twin fin and stuff you know well the same thing sort of happened in skating too like you were talking about the popsicle boards right like that was like a trend for so long and skating very much was a thing that like like in a six month span if you didn't do these certain tricks you weren't in on skating. For sure, yeah. But then all of a sudden, like maybe it was a couple of years ago, they're like, oh, you want to do bonelesses? Yeah. Awesome. You want to do an impossible tail grab off of something? Hey, we don't care. You know, and it's kind of, you want to do a pressure flip to, to Manny on something? Kind of cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you want to have a weird shape board? Like, welcome. Welcome has blown up because in that totally. world. Like, you yeah. look at them, you're like, but I, I, I like that, that. That's the thing that kind of really my passion surfing as well has developed is that like seeing that like, with shapers like yourself and surfers like yourself where you're kind of like, it's wide open. Yeah. Right? You're, you're kind of like, and it's more, when I look at it, my perspective on it, it's more true to surfing in a sense of like, hey, if it's 
two feet and rolly, I'm gonna take out a log. Exactly. If yeah. it's like fucking punchy, I'm gonna take out like a fit. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think with my like early years of surfing, where I rode a shortboard, you know, it's really helped me in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like I'm still not religious to like only longboards or yeah. this. You know, I I think at a certain point when I first got into longboards, I was because. It was just like super new and fresh mm-hmm. and inspiring. Like once I did dig like deep into it, you know, and like found out who Joel was and Alex and like this was all I think right around when like sink seedling or like sprout came out. So yeah. it was like there was that de- it was like there was people doing it out there, you know, other mm-hmm. than like me and my friends, you know, it was like becoming cool mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, you know, so I was really into that, but then there's definitely been phases where it's like, oh like Hop on a shortboard if the waves are good, and you know it's like I'm not biased mm-hmm. to any of that at all. I think everyone should ride everything, just like with skateboarding. You know, I think the coolest skaters can like throw themselves down a rail and then you know skate like a backyard pool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I don't think they think that way, where unless you're like a vert skater or something. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cheesy if you're just that. They're still cool dudes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the cool skater is just like I'm gonna skate every like what's in front of me. ATVs like totally. total ATVs like yeah. like all terrain vehicles like yeah. like those guys who like you look at like I mean the ATV of all ATVs like Cardi L obviously yeah, of right? yeah yeah you know but but it's it's nice to see that more and more in surfing yeah you know it's kind of fun like you know to your point you could you could fall into that pit of just being like logs only totally. or like shorts only you yeah. know or twins only but now it's like nice to see people inspiring a generation being like okay the waves are like this i'm taking this out yeah. or oh you know for this two three month period i'm gonna get into this kind of my little rabbit hole on these boards for sure but i'm yeah. gonna go back to something else yeah and i think there's always been people that are have been doing that but i think it's just been brought to the attention mm-hmm. of like the population of mm-hmm. surfing now you know it's like with people like ryan birch they're seeing it more and it's becoming rad yeah, I mean Ryan. Ryan did that thing recently, right, where he went up and down the coast, where you could test yeah. out the models and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Like for a lot of people, that's that's exposure again, right? That's like exposing them to it that they might have not seen that totally, or yeah. tried it, and also they get on these twins and they're like, "Whoa, yeah, this is kind of dope." Like, yeah, I'm into sure. this shit. You yeah. know? Um, did you when you were started logging and stuff? Did you enter contests or was it just like straight up fun? I did. Yeah, I did a couple of the like club contests. I yeah. think that was. And I think that's cool about longboarding, you know, like those contests were pretty cool. It was different from shortboarding, you know, it's more just like hanging out down at the beach uh-huh. with like old guys, like all these, you know, and kids doing it. It was cool. Definitely different uh, feel than doing NSSAs. And I got burnt on that too. You know, I don't uh, think I ever really got super into it. I, I did good in a few and stuff, but I, still, I just don't like contest I don't know like I don't feel good about someone like judging my surfing or like who's to say because that guy knows like knows road the whole wave mm-hmm. is better than the guy just like standing in the center like trimming you know so I agree uh, you know it's like everyone surfs differently and I don't think it should be judged it's a hard thing to judge that's why I don't understand first of all the WSL thing like I think it's stupid but I also don't know how they're gonna like Olympicify this. Like, I just don't. Yeah. It, 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 coming from skating, and you probably have the same mentality. It's like it doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Like, because you could have someone who's like skating who has pure style and does a 
a slappy. And it looks better than someone who does like a switch laser flip down like a, like totally. 12 stairs. Yeah. Like you're just like, well, the guy who did the slappy yeah. is like way like a way better skater. Yeah. And I, I think there's a ton of that going on surfing and skating, you know? It's like yeah. I way rather watch like Ronnie Sandoval do it like an invert on something. He could do it on everything. Yeah. Like, even something like with noping or yeah. whatever or a frontside grind. Than like Nija or something like that. Yeah, I can't. I, and I, I, I think, I think that it's it's interesting. Like someone like you, who's almost like twenty years younger than me, like having that mentality because it is very much the mentality of the skater generation I am. Like we're very much like kind of like we can't watch fucking tech nerds. Like it doesn't fucking do shit for yeah. us. But like, like Ronnie Sandoval is like a good example. Like I could watch him like Smith grind around like a corner, and it's like I will replay that a zillion times yeah. over. I think it looks so good and totally. tight and stuff. And that's happening in surfing too. You know, you have people like yourself and like obviously Alex who like, he brought this kind of unique style to it. But then you look at like Levi, like Levi now is like brought this whole different style to it. And it's like, okay, I'd rather watch that than someone on the WSL who's getting like fucking shacked at fucking cloud break. Like I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, totally. And even with going back to contests and stuff, even with Levi, Levi's in the next duct tape. Yeah. And it's like, it's still longboarding, but look at Justin Quintal, or yeah, and then look at him. It's, I don't even think it's fair. Like Justin's gonna nose ride the whole way. No offense, I like Justin. Yeah, uh, but and then Levi's just gonna be like quirky and goofy and like do what's fun to him. I don't think he's gonna try to adapt his style and like no. Okay, you know, so it's like it's not even ju- like comparable. Yeah, it shouldn't be. And you know, I did the duct tapes and stuff like that. It was cool, but I never. Which one did you do? Um, I did so the first one in Virginia. Oof! I did. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I I did pri- like all maybe like the first two years or something uh-huh. like that. So Virginia, Santa Cruz, um, Biarritz, U.S. Open like four times. The U.S. Open I've seen it once and it looks like miserable when yeah. they use a slot. It's just That's like blown out. out. Yeah, I did the U.S. Open once. I think before it was a duct tape when it was like the Pacifico like nose ride or something. It was yeah. still Joel's event, but it wasn't duct the tape. duct tape. So I did Montauk actually. Uh-huh. That was like the first year. I think that was right after um, Virginia. Um, so I did a lot of the early ones, you know, and then I don't think I ever did good. So there was like no reason. Montauk is like when they had they did the thing at the skate park and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was at the skate I mean. And Neil Blender did all the artwork. Yeah, Neil Blender did the, like the, the original duct tape design. Yeah. And like the, decks and shirts and stuff like that i think he did a, a lot of the first ones yeah yeah he did yeah. A, a bunch of the work i guess he's yeah. friends with joel i mean i'm a big like obviously it's my generation like i could watch like again oh, that's me. another example like if you yeah. take it trick for trick he's actually not doing anything complicated but it looks so good when it just looks fun yeah. yeah him doing a pivot is have you favorites. seen have you seen like the instagram of him like like yeah. skating these like oh. little fucking yeah boards that, that he makes? beamers or something like oh my or, god yeah it, but it's cool it's just like it looks he's amazing. just having fun, you know? Like, like just seeing him, like, him. seeing his feet set up like that. Yeah. Like, on such a thin board, going around the corner of, a, like, a small bowl. I'm like, that looks like the most fun I could ever have. Like, yeah, if totally. I could do that, I would be like, Pfft. I'm, For like, sure. happy. I know. Um, how did you, so you surfed all different, you've been surfing all different kinds of boards. How did you first get introduced to shaping? Um, well, 
I always watch people shape my boards, and I don't even. I don't think there was even a reason. Maybe like who was shaping them for you? Dano. Um, he shaped when like a handful of my boards, or no, a lot when from when I was like sixteen to twenty-one or something like oh, that. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, I surfed for Christensen after that. I watched him shape my boards. Um, was that down in San Diego? Or yeah. Yeah. And uh, I watched some shapers when I was younger too. I think even like Jeff Deppenbaugh when he shaped a couple of my first short boards. Oh, okay. And I don't even think I ever had like a reason. I was just kind of interested. And I just heard like someone told me like, yeah, go watch or whatever. Like that's what sur like surfers do or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember... I think this was around when I was watching Daniel a lot. I was like, man, that sucks. Like, you're just covered in dust. It's hot. It. I just wasn't... It wasn't appealing to me. Uh -huh. I just, but I still wanted to watch. But I was yeah. like, that's a shitty job. Yeah. And, uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, I've always just been in... I've always liked working with my hands. Like, I'd always take apart my skateboards and put, you know, like, just like any other kid or bicycles or something... And I uh, remember my friend had like a shaping set up on the side of his house. Uh -huh. And it was raining for like two weeks straight and just couldn't do anything. And I bought a blank and just asked him, like, hey, can I try to shape this? And he already shaped a few. And uh, yeah, I just went for it. And I just wanted, I was just bored and like, I want to see what that's like. Uh -huh. And, you know, shaped it. What was it? What kind of board? Just like a single fin. It was, I think it was originally supposed to be 6'9", and it ended up And now like, how short did it get? <laughs> yeah, it was like a 6'6". Six, six. Uh, <laughs> or actually, it might be 6'3". I have it still. Uh, <laughs> and it just looks so bad. No one taught me how to shape whatsoever. Yeah. He gave me pointers for sure. And he was like, yeah, do this. But then he would walk away. And like, I didn't understand. Once you draw that pencil line of your outline, you're not supposed to go into it. But I kept on... It wasn't in a shaping room. It was on the side of his house. I kept on looking like looks like a lump's right there, so I started sanding the rail. Oh. But I so it's like this thing came out with like this rocket nose elf shoe, <laughs> had no you know flow to it whatsoever. It was just garbage. But I wouldn't want it any other way, you know. Yeah. Like I don't. I've looked at a lot of my other friends' first boards where it's like someone mentored them. Uh -huh. You know, it's like yeah, that's pretty good. That looks like my like tenth board, but I like that I figured it out on my own mm -hmm. you know and like would go back and watch people and like okay that's what you do you know and uh yeah so after that first board i waited a few months and i was like oh i want to do that again and then each one just got a little better i guess and i think uh before i knew it i was just shaping boards for myself and were, 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 was it any particular like outlines or sizes or just all over the place? I just tried to shape single fins probably the first like five boards. So know? like mids? Like yeah, just I thought that was like pretty simple. Um, and then my eighth board was a, uh, was a twin fin. I just got back from New Zealand and I was surfing. I went on a trip with Alice Erickson and... Um, who else did I go on the trip with? Uh, Salisbury, Jason Salisbury. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Ellis shaped, obviously, the boards he was riding, yeah. and maybe Jason's too. And they were just shredding. And I was riding Christiansen's, and I just didn't, I was like, man, this is not working for me. Like, And I I think one of them like broke, 
And so I was borrowing Ellis's, he had an extra board, and whatever board he wasn't right now, I was just writing his, and they worked so good. And I was like, man, if he could, like, why, why can't I do this too? Mm-hmm. You know, like I already, I already had it in the back of my head that I wanted to shape a little, you know. But I was like, I don't know if I can shape my own board and be able to surf like the best of my ability in a sense on my own shape board. Yeah. But I saw him doing it, and like he's so talented. I was like, I just like believed in myself after that. I was like, oh, he can do it. I, I can too. Right. So once I got home, I, I wrote it was a, like a wing, pin, twin fin. Once I got home, that was I. Seriously, the next day, I think I shaped that board. Um, and Dano, he that was the first time I got like kind of more pointers, uh-huh. and that board came out pretty good because I I just like knew I wanted to do it. You know, there mm-hmm. was no like deciding factor anymore. It's like yeah, I'm gonna. there was no hesitation. You yeah, just like, like work in. Yeah. So, and after that, I started shaping twin fins and stuff. I was still writing for Christensen, and a couple people ordered. Uh, boards for me uh-huh. and I like put it on my Instagram and he got pissed like he he's like I'm not gonna be giving you boards if you're gonna be making other people's boards or making yourself and like advertising it I wasn't advertising just like posting yeah stuff. yeah and so I was like okay like I thought about it for a while he's like yeah so I'm not gonna be giving you boards if you're just gonna be like writing your own and I was so I just gave him all my boards back and I was like I'm gonna shave my own boards and uh, that was kind of it. That was like a pretty bold step. Yeah. Was it so on the first uh, couple orders? It was like people who just saw your stuff off Instagram and people you knew and stuff. Um. Yeah. Just like local guys around here that probably just thought it was cool that I was doing it. You know, uh-huh. guys I've known for a long time, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, I'd want one." I just charged them like cost. Yeah. And uh, the first board I made for someone else was a bonzer for this guy Fuzzy, uh-huh. and. I just, the outline kind of looks like Ponzer, but as far as like, it, there's like no bottom concave, it's just like a, pretty much a single fin with like those side bites put on it, uh-huh. you know? And, but it's funny, I've made him probably six boards now or something like that. Wow. And he, he still rides that first one all the time, so it's pretty cool. I think that was- That's like, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was like my 12th board or something like that. Uh-huh. It kind of just snowballed from there. And, now I'm in a warehouse all day. <laughs> <laughs> but you also, the thing that's interesting, like looking at like the boards that you shape, you, you have like a big range, right? Like as far as I could see, like you have like these logs, you have these mid lengths, these bonzers, and then like these twin fins and these fish. And they're very, the thing that I noticed from it, there's a lot of historic reference to them. So like, for instance, like you do the, the Sam board. How did that, like, why did you want to do that? Um, well, I, once I got really into longboarding, you know, this is like, I got my own board and I surfed Blackies. That was like the closest longboarding spot to where, you know, like live in Huntington. And, you know, I grew up, or not grew up, but just like all the surf movies, they're riding like wide nose, like Joel was riding like Model Ts or, yeah. you know, like the way of the nose riders. But everyone at Blackies rode these a little bit piggier, narrower nose, um, just better for blackies, you know, that's a quick beach way. break, yeah, like, yeah, beach break longboards, and, uh, so, that's what, kind of what I was getting from Dano, and, uh, once I, you know, I always, like, just had, that's what I like, you know, yeah. and all the duct tapes I was riding, everyone was, like, Justin rode these huge longboards, there was, like, such wide noses, and yeah. like, none of my boards were like that, and so, you know, later, I figure out, 
that's kind of like what Nat Young wrote, like the Magic Sandboard. It was a lot more like all around longboard. He was turning it, you know? It wasn't just about nose right Yeah. It was being in the right part of the wave and just like doing what the wave offered. And that's just kind of what I wanted to shape. And I didn't have, I, I've never even felt one of those boards. Uh -huh. I just looked pictures, looked at pictures of it and just like kind of just took from the outline and you know, made it my own. And uh, everyone does that, you know, like a magic Sam inspired board. So I was just like, called it a Sam's club. You know, no, no, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, cause Andrini does, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because logging is kind of going more in that direction. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's more of that like involvement style. Exactly, yeah. Which is kind of cool to see because I know I started out on a wide mm -hmm. nose rider board and the second I got more of an involvement type shape, like I actually, it almost like reinvigorated my logging for me. Like it was like all of a sudden this like new window opened up. Totally, and I was like, yeah. oh my God, I was like, yeah. this thing can turn. I could like get into tight pockets. Like it doesn't go slow. Yeah. Like I'm actually having to slow it down. For sure. Like, yeah. Which is kind of awesome. It was just more than just nose riding. Yeah. And I think once I realized that, that's like how I look at longboarding, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that board just, that's just what I think of when I think of like a longboard in my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's mostly what you're riding now. Yeah. I mean, this board right here, that this is like a full on Nueva yeah. style. And I ride this at Sano and stuff like that. And well, you need something like that. I know like the one I have like at Sano, it's a little bit of a push. Like you kind of like yeah. you gotta work it into there and yeah. stuff like that. And when I did have my wider one, it was like kind of like, oh wow, two, two strokes. Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, now with the twin fins, does that a lot of people refer to like when they when they surf twin fins that they're very skaty? Do you think the reason why you started making them too was like it was a natural progression from like skating to? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, definitely. And even when I rode shortboards when I was young, I remember I was surfing Southside one day, or Northside of Huntington Pier. This he's like a HB pro guy. His name was Sean Ward and. This was around when I was only riding shortboards. He told me, he's like, hey, your foot is not back far enough on the board. He's like, you're surfing good, but he's like, you're gonna be able to like blow tail with your foot back there. Like, and I was like, uh, it doesn't feel comfortable for me yeah. like that. And so I still remember him saying that in my head. And then I once I started longboarding, I got a twin fin. It was an EC, it was like 5-1. And I remember just feeling so set in place, like, so good and natural on that board yeah and you know i think that has like you're saying a lot to do with skateboarding you know i think skateboarding is a little bit more centered yeah. compared to like the average shortboard stance or something like they are all the way back on their track pads and it's all their like back foot it, and their stance is wide and i don't know skateboarding you move your feet around and stuff mm -hmm. you have a narrower stance and so i think that just felt so natural to me on a twin fin. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're, there's so much tail behind you still, but yeah. you're right over the fins um, with that huge swallow tail. And it just feels right to me, you mm -hmm. know, and it's super loose and fast. And you kind of turn it with your front foot a little bit too. Yeah. You'd scoot up on it, and it's not like this. I mean, I'm pretty tall, I'm 6'2", and I ride a 5'4", you know, and like it doesn't, it doesn't look like I'm dwarfing a No, 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 it doesn't like, at all. So, I, yeah, it just feels natural to me, like I'm skating or something. No, I see a lot of people who have like skate backgrounds, or at least like skate, like that's the, 
the boards they've been like when they go shorter that's just i know for me it's like I'm, I'm going into that realm now and it feels to your point it does feel natural like it doesn't feel like you have to like to turn the thing even to turn the thing off the top aggressively like your back foot is nowhere near the fin box yeah like well, it's kind of nice yeah um i also noticed like on a lot of your fishes you've been doing like a lot of this like deep concave on them and stuff yeah i don't know where i can't i don't know i just thought of that i think i saw a skip fry board and he had like it was an early one because he doesn't do this anymore he had a single concave that looked like if you were to draw lines from the fins uh -huh. it was just between where the fins are like the fin toe um so i was like oh i'll do that with like single in this like beginning of it and then it's going to transition into a double between the fins so yeah. it's kind of like a bonzer channel it's like a mix between like what i saw in that but i come to realize later that's kind of what skip fry does now he does a lot of like the double barrel like concave between the fins and stuff but i kind of just stuck with it because i did it i did the single one first and i was like eh, it's nice it's really fast but as soon as i came up with the idea or not idea but just did this the double concave between the fins felt just as fast but i can i could turn you know it's yeah. a lot more responsive or it almost had like four-wheel drive when i went to lay into the turn it like gripped and it didn't feel like the board was going to get away from me because of how fast twin fins are and i just i don't know i am totally set with that like i'm comfortable i think it's cool and it's kind of aggressive, you know. Like if you flip it over and see this like weird channel, it post it definitely post shadow. Like, yeah, you know, like, like when sure. you look like, at it. So I don't know. I just like it. I could be doing something else that could work better. Maybe I'll get to that someday. But but that's I the beauty of like, that. But that's the beauty of shaping, right? It's like it's always evolving and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. But and you've also like done some hulls and stuff like that. What made you want to do those? I think just people asking. I don't even have a. Like, are you, like a lot of people hate surfing them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now from a board builder's perspective, I'm really like intrigued by that design. I think it's so cool and like learning about Little and Andrini and stuff and the design of the board is so cool, but I can't surf them. I don't have the right way for them at all. <laughs> so. No, no, it's it's a point break. You need like a clean point. Like, yeah. You're like, I mean, that's why we surf them up like in like Malibu and Topanga and stuff like for that. Sure. Like they're made yeah. for that kind of thing. Like, yeah. And you can't surf these fucking boards anywhere else. No, they yeah. do not work at all. Yeah. And it was definitely a... I remember at Blackie's, it was kind of a fad to surf those at one point. Like, Alex was surfing them. And I tried his, and I just couldn't do it. So I've never liked them as far, you know. But people have asked me, so I just been like, sure. You know, and it's cool to try to make something different and, like, challenge myself. Mm -hmm. and, you know, be I think it's just cool to be able to make every type of board. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like you're surfing already kind of board. Exactly, yeah. Um, when you do something like the hull, like, do you look, do you like, like the hull boards, do you get, like, do you look at, like, Andrini boards hands-on or something like that? Yeah, someone brought me uh, a little, I think it was, like, a stubby one, and I just remember, like, studying, like, how good those things foiled, and it's like, there's no other boards like that with how paper-thin the nose and tail are and how hidden all that like volume is mm -hmm. so i definitely looked at that a lot and i mean i don't think mine are good at all <laughs> compared to those but i just yeah i kind of just studied it and make sure i kind of got the big picture uh -huh. a little bit you know what are some of the board shapes and outlines or like at least board philosophies that you're kind of experimenting now that you're kind of pushing on um 
Because well, I know you showed me that like bonzer that you were messing yeah. around with. I always make myself something weird because I'll get so burnt shaping so many twin fins or longboards, it just feels stagnant. So I'll get a blank for myself and just like, oh, like just go for something different. And I don't necessarily like bonzers that much for around here, but just wanted to try something else. I'm making one of those. And I've just been like chipping at it whenever I don't have, or if I have a little bit of free time. Uh -huh. But I really enjoy making longboards recently. It's just feel like the longer the board, the more enjoyable, just uh -huh. long, like planar passes. And I don't know, uh, I've shaped so many fishes and it feels like whenever I shape one now, it just feels like there's so much stuff jam packed into this little space. And yeah, yeah. trying to do it all with my planer and stuff, it's just kind of a lot of work. So it's almost relaxing making a longboard. Yeah. Just been enjoying doing that. More zen, like, yeah, like you're sure. saying these big long passes, yeah. you're able to like walk down, yeah. kind of take your time and stuff. Yeah. Um, is that what a lot of people are ordering from you? Um, I would say between fishes and longboards are the most popular mid-lengths too but yeah definitely longboards and fishes yeah your fishes are popping up a lot of places that's why it's like it's like i was surfing with someone today that was like asking me about them they're like oh man that like concave looks like <laughs> so fun in there and stuff yeah i think i definitely advertise that it's my favorite board enough and now people i don't know it's like i'm paying for it now just you're like fuck yeah you know, <laughs> you're like well i mean it's almost i forgot i forgot who was saying this oh it was actually Andrew Reynolds who said this, which I thought was interesting. You know, they were asking him on an interview. They were like, you know, everybody knows you for like your frontside flip and stuff. And he's yeah. like, does that get annoying? And he's like, no. He's like, actually think about it. He's like, it's not the corniest thing that someone knows you for something that you do. Yeah. Like they know you for something you do. It's kind of cool. Like yeah. you could do other stuff, but like if that's what they know you as the first entry point. Yeah. Why not? Totally, like, yeah. like I'm not gonna shit on that. Yeah, and I mean, still, like, they're my favorite board to ride if I'm. If there's like knee high waves, but then there's kind of like a waist high or something mm -hmm. bigger, I'm like, oh, I could go ride my fish on that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much will, you know? Like, I feel like I'll always be out at spots and it'll be on the verge of too small or, mm -hmm. you know, some for a fish. That in between? I'll, yeah, but I'll still jump on that and like try to go fast for a second. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, on the East Coast, they work really well, too. That's, like, the thing on, like, these kind of, like, mushy, messed up, like, kind of, like, Jersey and, like, OBX and stuff like that. Like, For sure. Um, I know I'm starting to get into them um, a little bit because they're, first of all, they're nice and easy to, like, put in your car. Yeah. Like, you could just leave it in your car and, like, forget about it and be like, oh, I have it in here. Okay, yeah. like, I'm, I'll leave the log on the hood and I'll just take this out. Like, yeah. why not? It's, like, in between. Um, and they're... The other thing too is they're kind of like cost effective. They're like they want totally. being a lot cheaper than like you know yeah. 12, 12 to fourteen hundred dollar log is like an investment. A six For to sure. seven hundred dollar fish doesn't feel so bad. Yeah, it's kind of like. Um, now you've worked with like a lot of companies like Brixton and Captain Finn. Um, you had a part in that um, Suck My Wake movie. Mm -hmm. How was that whole process like doing that? Uh, like how long did that whole thing take? I don't even know. We it's usually an idea a few months before summer. <laughs> they just and then just like we start filming at we have the intentions of getting good waves but we end up filming at like of course the worst places and just get like June gloom overcast windy but I think those movies are definitely more than just the surfing it's a lot of getting yeah, yeah. around and you know, like just joking around and having fun and going camping and skating and stuff uh -huh. so 
it's not this uh, huge, like premeditated surf movie at all. Yeah. It's like, let's just get footage and we'll see what we got and yeah, like, yeah. put it together. And uh, there's a lot of like jokes in between, inside jokes and stuff like that. I'm sure people don't even understand, but it'll just like cut to someone saying something. Yeah. And it's hilarious to us, but everyone's like, oh, kind of weird. But you guys are kind of making it for yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And I think other people like them too. It's, I love all the Captain Finn movies. I yeah, think they're great. They're fun. How did so, you start? How do you, did you start a relationship with those guys? Um, probably from the, the the dudes that like got me into riding longboards and stuff. I would just go surf with them, and met Mitch Abshire and uh, or Abshire. I just, still don't know. Uh, and yeah, just got to know him through them uh-huh. and uh, just surfed with them a bunch, and it was. Before I knew it, he was like one of my friends, you know. Uh-huh. That's that's kind of it, and just I was one of the crew or something. Oh, that's awesome. Are you are you using their fins on your boards that you're selling to people, or? Um, yeah, I try to. So the glass ons, I get through him. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the people, or the guy who makes all the sample fins, he does my glass ons, and I think the wood ones. Oh, well, sorry to say, your compressor. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so he makes all the sample fins and stuff for Captain, and he, uh, yeah, I'm, Mitch just was like, yeah, I got a guy that'll make glass-ons, because I was trying to make them myself, and it was too hard, too much time. With, it's a lot of work, if, yeah. you're, if that's like your bread and butter, yeah. like, you don't want to be sitting there foiling all day long. Yeah, and I was doing it on the weekends in my garage, and just was making my garage a mess, so, yeah, he hooked me up with him, and then, uh, I definitely try to, when people get a board push, you know, Captain Finn tell him what, what one I ride or what's good in this yeah. board. And eventually I want to make this kind of a showroom and have some fin, like fin stock here. So when people pick up a board, they can grab a fin. And, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a good space to do that. I mean, yeah, coming from you as the shaper and the person who rides boards, I mean, your, your insight on that's going to be invaluable. You yeah. know, I think someone's getting bored, like, like, oh, okay, you should ride this fin with this if you're surfing this place. It's like, okay, great, yeah. like, I'm not going into a blind. I think that's a problem, too. A lot of people, like, discount the fact of how much a fin plays on a board, especially on logs. Totally, yeah. Fin, the fin and the placement, like, and where you're surfing it. Like, yeah. Like, people, like, are just like, oh, you could just put, like, a pivot fin. I'm like, eh, it doesn't work that way. No, totally. It's funny you say that, because there's a few kids that get boards from me, and... I just had to like hold their hand at first with what fins to ride. It's not like the fins that they were putting in were necessarily wrong, but it was just like, uh, like yeah. And you know, and I think I still like check up on them and like what fin they have in there. And I ended up just giving them all my fins. Like now I don't have fins for myself. But, like, <laughs> I'd rather you enjoy the board and like have this fin. You know, I'll get another one. Yeah. But they have all my good fins. And one kid, he always tells me what fin is. Like he's riding, it's good. I'm like, no, that thing sucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you gotta experiment. Like that's the thing. Like I always think, like for me, like that's always been the fun thing. But like especially on the log, like trying different fins at different spots, and then where you place them in the box. Like totally, yeah. It makes like a huge. It will change the the like the spirit of the board like instantly. Yeah. That's the other thing I kind of geek out on single fins too. Like more than like I could ever on a thruster is that like you have this other this whole other like dimension for sure yeah outside of like this this board that you can't change anything on you could actually change these things you could totally. flex fin you could do this you could yeah. do that like kind of thing i think with longboarding it's 
super important, especially like like you said, the wave that you're surfing and yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah, like when I go to Sano or like when I go to Malibu, I put a like a pivot to fin it. I yeah. actually put in that that Captain Fin, that one that I guess it's Joel's template, the one that they did the Nautis one. Yeah, it's basically Joel's yeah. fin. Uh -huh. I put that in when I go to Malibu, but if I'm doing any beach break, like there's like a Greeno flex fin in there, yeah. like all the way moved to the front, and totally. it makes and you have to do that, like. Yeah. I think that's the thing a lot of people forget, like, oh, just leave the same fin on. It's like, no, 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 you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, I, I would say next to Captain Fin, whenever someone asks me what fin I should get, I always come to just get, like, a 10-inch green up. Like, you the can't 4A, really, it's like... Yeah, you can't <laughs> It's like the best... I have... It's funny, I have them everywhere from... For my boards, I have them anywhere from 6 to 10 to 10.75. I have, like, like probably, like, yeah. 6 or 7 of them. Totally. It's like, I swap them out of boards. It's the best and they work and everything you know like and they're at every surf shop so when someone gets a board from me and they're like yeah i'm gonna go buy a fin from here i'm like just get the yeah. fin with the helicopter on it that's yeah all that, that's all you need to yeah. know now outside of surfing um you're into like motorcycles as well right yeah um yeah I, that started uh i used to ride on the back of my grandpa's motorcycle when i was super young and my dad also and uh, they had Harleys, and uh, that was just something I thought was cool. And then those same guys that I got into, you know, riding longboards and stuff, they always had like Vespas or mopeds or all these weird things. And once they got older, they had motorcycles, and they would work on them a bunch with their dad. And I always thought that was really cool. And I'm like, yeah, I used to ride on the back of my grandpa's, you know, and stuff. Uh, and it had like Harley shirts and or just from what my grandpa got me when I was younger. And so I got a moped, cause that's all my mom would let me, <laughs> would let me get. And I rode that around, yeah. And then just started saving my money and one day I just brought home a motorcycle cause or, it was a Triumph. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it was a 1969 Triumph T100C. So it was a 500 and the C stood for competition so it was like this old like race style flat tracker triumph and uh scotty got it for me at a swap meet because he i told him i was like i want to get a bike but i want it to be smaller you know uh and so he found out a swap meet it was like two grand and the thing was perfect you know Whoa. and i wish i still had that bike but rode that for a while and i mean my main goal was to like get to this harley whatever i wanted and so rode it for a while made some changes with those guys like learned how to switch out stuff and like the whole time what's cool about that it's like you're just learning you know it's fun you're like changing out stuff you're making it your own you're learning yeah and uh sold that then got a 1969 harley sportster it was an xlch and that rode that for a while Hated it because it was so hard to start. <laughs> Same thing. Now I wish I still had it. Then got a shovel head. Uh, it was a 1977 Harley shovel head. And now I have a pan head, which I've had for five, six years now. And okay. It's gone through a bunch of changes. Uh, you know, it's, but it's super fun. It's kind of like shaping it. It feels really good to work on something and uh -huh. build it and then ride it. You know, like it, I think that's like more than half the fun is just building the thing yeah. and riding it, you know? And uh, 
yeah, just got, I mean, got into it because of them and their dad and stuff, and would always hang out and watch and listen and listen to these old guys tell me how to, like, work on stuff. And That's awesome. Yeah, so it's really fun, and it's cool. It's definitely just an old bike thing. It's not like I'm interested in a 2018 Harley or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I also think, like, those, like, there was an event in my neighborhood where they had all these new Harleys, and I was like, I don't even think these are Harleys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, so it's just definitely, a, I like all mo- motorcycles, like all brands and stuff, but I just like uh, older Harleys and specifically like 50s, 60s stuff. I mean, it's interesting to see this correlation too with a lot of people that are into this like quote unquote ride everything movement and surfing and like longboard movement that a lot of them are into like old bikes. Like, you know, you see it with like the stuff that Deus does and yeah, like totally. stuff like that. It's like this, it's something that like a lot of people don't realize. Like Iron and Resin, like their whole shop exists for that, right? For like, sure, yeah. Kind of thing. It's, um, so, it's crazy actually. Um, there's definitely like a big thing. I, I, I think it's funny too that you have like a Vespa like place. Like, oh yeah, the Vespa guy next to me. He must have some pretty sick ones. Dude. Yeah, I actually bought one from him. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I, I told him, uh, I like he's an Italian dude, and I went oh. over there. I rode my bike one day, and he like kind of looked, but he doesn't care at all. It's a Harley, and I just went over there and like looked inside his shop, and uh, he even has stickers like that says like I don't want a Harley Davidson, <laughs> and uh, I go over there and I was like, hey, like, and he has a lot of vintage ones. I was like, you have any old like beat up Vespas? And he's like, uh, oh, maybe. And he's like, I'll let you know if I see one. And like the next day, he told me of one for it was like fifteen hundred bucks or something. Whoa! And I bought it off him and just it. I bought it, and it was funny because I tore apart my bike like the next week or something uh-huh. to have my friend paint it. And I rode it the whole time that my bike was down, so I had something to ride. And then just my friends really into Vespas and sold to him. But yeah, it's awesome and <laughs> got to know them. Vespa guy a little bit yeah having the Vespa and he's really cool and they're fun I used to ride them around when I was a kid um, in Croatia my family had them and stuff oh whoa in like the 80s and, and like yeah it was actually in like the mid 80s and yeah, stuff yeah that's sick the hand shift the yeah it's so fun yeah it's just like I always loved like I like my dream was always like oh I'd love to have like a little board rack that like I could go to Malibu yeah. on this thing but I wanted to do the same thing uh, it yeah it's they were so fun and me and my friend were actually going because you can't they're not as loud as like my old no no panhead at all like that thing is so loud yeah all my neighbors hate me but this thing is no one even notices yeah you don't notice it and we were actually going and riding there's like this uh nature play back bay it's like dirt hills and all this Uh stuff a lot of people like ride bikes and we were going going and riding there at night like we were riding really? bikes and like going on these trails and stuff <laughs> oh and we God. did it a few nights and no one ever noticed us and it was so fun you must have scraped the bottom out of that oh for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. I was gonna I, say they're so low yeah I definitely ruined it a little bit you know uh, but that's what it, like a Vespa's made for it's, totally not, it's not meant to be precious like when I see people be precious with a bike like that I'm like no this is like you're supposed to kick it around even like yeah. mopeds like I don't know like those those Tomos mopeds yeah, are kind of pops. Yeah, and those are like Yugoslavian. Like, yeah. So I, I grew up actually riding those when I was a kid uh, because we lived like in a beach, in an ocean community. Or I spent my summers in an ocean community in Croatia and that was how you got to, down to the beach instead of biking. Like like my uncle had one. And I was, yeah. like, I was like 12 years old. He's like, just fucking take it. Yeah. I don't care. That's so rad. It's funny to see those pop up because I'm always like, really? Those like shitty bikes that were like communist? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's geez, funny like, how many people are riding those now too. Like mopeds and... 
Tomos and there's that brand Pook. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, what, Pook is, isn't they, they're like Russian or are they Polish? I don't know. That. Because they're like, they almost look, they're the same style. Yeah, they have totally. that cap, like the whole yeah. thing. It looks like, it almost looks like the same stamped frame. For sure. They're yeah. cool. Um, but so many people are riding those now and it's so funny. I mean, motorcycles are dangerous. Yeah. They're so dangerous. But it's so funny how many people tell me like how dangerous motorcycles are, but then they're riding that in the bike lane without a helmet or something. It's like, that is just as dangerous. Dude, they are a sketch. Gonna, no one can hear you. A car's gonna pull out like they're making yeah. a right and not see you, and you just get like T-boned. You know? Yeah, like, it's the same shit. And they're also like rickety as shit. Yeah. Like I've I've had like two moped accidents when I was a kid. Yeah, and I was like, it's because the thing is just like rickety and like gnarly. It's it's a bike with an engine yeah. on it. It's the stupidest idea ever. Same with Vespas with those like ten inch wheels. Oh, you know? it is scary. My friend, he hauls ass on his, and I, you know like he doesn't ride bikes like like old yeah. like motorcycles like I do. And I got this just for fun, and I'm riding with him, and he is hauling ass, and I'm so scared because felt like I was on rollerblade wheels on a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is gnarly. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I never went fast on one because of that reason. I've always thought in my head like I'm like, okay, the wheels are this big. They're gonna wash out. I'm like, like I'm, no, go I'm not bars. doing this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, if there's any place that you that you've searched in your life that was like your favorite break. Where was it, and why is it your favorite place to surf? Um, so I think New Zealand was pretty cool. I mean, I'm a goofy footer, and I surfed a bunch of lefts, so I thought that was pretty rad. And I've been to Australia, and it was cool, but it's just so crowded. And New Zealand was like super country and beautiful and stuff. Yeah. And that was on the South Island. I don't even know where we went. We kind of drove everywhere. Um, we went to. Like Raglan, the guys that I went with, they lived in Mount Mongnui. I think that's South Island. I, yeah, yeah. I could be way off, but we we drove everywhere, so I don't know exactly where we went, but we just surfed a bunch of fun, like weird sand bottom lifts and stuff too. So uh -huh. probably New Zealand. That was like pretty special. It's funny. A lot of people are like kind of like because I ask everyone this question. This one's been actually coming. That's been the answer a lot. Yeah. Lately. Like Mick Rogers, like he said the same thing. Yeah, it's so it's rad there. It's like you're going over feels like you're not even near the beach. You're going over all these grass, like rolling hills. You come down and like see the ocean. All of a sudden you're cutting between mountains and like there's this stream coming through like river. And mm -hmm. I guess they're, they were telling me that they knew I was into fishing and there's salmon in there and stuff. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Did you go fishing? No, uh, oh. I didn't, but I would love to go back and kind of do a super tour, tourist vacation and fish and- Like do two months there? Yeah, some, cause I was only there for like two weeks, but- Oh, that's fast. Yeah. I mean, I was there when we went, we were there like five years ago. We all, we went there for like, I think five days. Like it was quick, but we only went to one town. Yeah. But it was still like, it was like awesome. Like we, we keep on, my wife and I keep on saying like, okay, we gotta go back. Yeah, like, it's so cool. Like we went there and we went there for like five days in Fiji, like 10 days. And like if I had my choice now, I'd do a reverse. I'd for be sure. like, yeah, I could go to Fiji for five days because it gets fucking yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, like after you've done the thing, you're like, okay. Yeah. Like the surfing's was, actually not that great. Yeah. It's like when I was there, I was flat, so kind of sucked. Um, yeah. But yeah, so New, New Zealand and then Alaska for sure. I've been. You to, surf there? Yeah. We we go. I've gone twice, um, and we go. It's called Yakutat. Mm -hmm. And it's like this small fishing destination. You know, a lot of people go and salmon fish. And uh, it, like, 
we drive out and it's like you're going through these like muddy weird dirt roads and stuff and then you just pop out on a beach and it was some of the afternoons or mornings wherever I think afternoons mostly it was always like morning sickness was just this weird like sand bottom cove left points and stuff that would just roll forever like you could take off and get barreled and then just like do a million cutbacks I don't know if we just got really lucky but Holy there was shit. we yes that was Alaska is like one of the funnest trips I've ever been on and both both trips it's like we didn't get skunked at all and it, it was so fun yeah oh my god and you'd look you look back and it's just like the craziest I don't know it's crazy the there. scenery yeah and no like no one is around me surfing for that's miles yeah. miles we didn't see one other surfer there's like local guys that a couple guys hung out with us and they're like yeah we surf but they never went out with us I don't think they just probably surf you know like not all the time or maybe they didn't want to go out yeah. there's like pro surfer guys there yeah because we went with like the Gadowskis brothers and, oh okay um, but yeah we did and then we fished every day like got brought back so much salmon and stuff did you guys ship it back here yeah, yeah. I brought like each time I brought back like 30 pounds of salmon oh my god to, and they do the whole thing where they vacuum pack yeah for you. totally and yeah a friend of mine did like a, they did like a halibut trip like that once they told me about up in Alaska and they basically take care of the whole thing yeah it's really rad so definitely that's like another favorite of mine how 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 heavy did you have to be suited up to surf Alaska we went in September, uh-huh. and it was probably like cold Santa Cruz or something like that. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I think I was wearing like a 4-3 with booties. And That's not wear, bad. No, yeah, like would wear a hood in the morning, and then sometimes didn't even wear booties. You know, I longboarded one time, and I don't wear booties on longboards, so it's I just impossible. don't Yeah, and I was fine. Oh, that doesn't sound bad at all. Like, yeah. it just sounds like, no, because I've heard stories of like, Cassie was telling me she went surfing somewhere like that, like not it wasn't Alaska, like it was somewhere in Canada or it might have even been like Greenland or something. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, we were in these like six mil suits. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how yeah, could you move? Totally. Like, I, I, I would, I would imagine you would look like that, that kid from like Christmas Story. Yeah, like you're just, just all up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be like, uh, how do I even paddle in this I thing? Know. It definitely gets beyond cold there, freezing. No, of course. But yeah, when we were there, it was so nice and just even when we were fishing we were like wearing a sweatshirt and jeans you know it's it see awesome. that sounds like the best thing for me because yeah. i i grew up fishing in the northeast in, in, in new york um like ocean fishing mostly. yeah so like i would love to do that trip where it's like you could do a little fly fishing totally surf a little yeah kind of thing go on a boat a little bit yeah that's one of the things i actually like about going i go to the uh, outer banks every year and like one of the things i love about that is like we like if the waves are good enough, you surf. If the waves are bad enough, you fish. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of like, eh, I don't have a problem doing this for yeah, the next 10 days. Like, for sure. Like, I caught dinner. Yeah. I caught some waves. I caught something. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah, that's definitely the type of trips I'm attracted to. And I don't know, probably just growing up fishing. I'm a little bit of a, like, hillbilly or something yeah. like that. Like, in, living in Sacramento. and. Uh, do you get to fish a lot now? Um, I still do. Where do you go? Like, there, I'll go fish. Um, I'll go over to Catalina with my brother-in-law. He has like a, or he actually just sold it, but he had like a little Boston Whaler type boat, and uh-huh. he'll um, spearfish, and I'll just fish for like calico bass and edible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go and fish with my grandpa still, and then but we actually were fishing this lake in Irvine a bunch, 
it actually just got it was a private lake uh-huh. and my brother-in-law's dad was a member and we would go but it, it just got sold and they're building houses on it now but that was like my secret fishing hole you know where i could go and do some bass fishing because living in you know like there's nothing like that around yeah. here san diego has a few lakes and same with la but i would I don't have like a bass boat and I don't go do that. Yeah. So I was doing that and it was the best. We were going, depend, you know, but for like four years we would go like every other week or something like that. I got more like better fish than I caught in Sacramento, you know, going with my grandpa. And really? Stuff at this, yeah, it was just this little private lake and it was stocked and everything. Yeah, but it was, it was like no one's around, you know, there wasn't any houses, but then. The last time we went was actually on my birthday this summer, this last summer, and there were houses built on it, and it just felt super strange. And he got a notice in the mail saying that they're, they, you know, sold the property and they're building oh, houses shit. on it. So it's just. That also ruins it when you start building houses along the lakefront. Like the fish, just yeah. like they're not down with it. At totally. All. Yeah. So I've surfed some spots like that up in. Um, like Massachusetts and stuff and there's this one lake where like there's all houses on one side there's no houses on the other you go you go kayak fish on the side that there's yeah, no totally. houses that's where all the fish like hang out yeah it's a lot easier yeah so my, going back to the surf trip thing I'm definitely more attracted to doing you know more camping cold type of surf trips or you know just being by myself rather than like some I don't, I don't even feel comfortable in trunks you know I, I'd rather wear a wetsuit and do that type of stuff uh-huh. um, more than like hang out in trunks all day and get sunburned. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it colder, it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, take me to the fucking North Shore like all year long, and yeah. I'll be totally happy. Yeah, I, I can't do that. <laughs> Every, when I go to Hawaii, I still wear jeans and oh man, get made fun of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, for me, it's like I'm in I'm in heaven. Um, in closing, is there anyone you want to thank? Shout out to uh, my mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My friends, uh, girlfriend, that's about it. Awesome. Brixton. Brixton. Yeah. Thanks again to Troy for uh, having us over. It was a lot of fun to chill and talk, and um, a lot of the stuff that he's working on now, a lot of the boards and the board shapes are things that I'm kind of geeking out on. Obviously, bonzers are something that, like, I'm kind of – I'm leaning towards a little bit uh, for like my Hawaii style boards. Um, so it's cool to talk to him about that. But anyway, hope you guys dug the interview. Uh, right now, uh, I just want to get into some tracks and then I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace.
like a gat. I wanna break food, cop me back. Small change, they putting shame in the game. I take game and blow the nigga out the frame. And like fame, my style will live forever. Niggas crossing over, like they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a suit? Enough respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh, yo, check out the flow like the Hudson on PCP. When I'm dusting, niggas off because I'm hot like sauce. The smoke from the lyrical blood make me. Uh, What crap, my nut gets cool. Ow! Here comes my Shaolin style. Truth be a b b y u to my crew with the. Fresh out the gate again, time to raise the stakes again. Fat my plate again. Y'all cats know we always play to win. G and G to the stars, son. Haters took the shit too far, son. 
So that's all for you. I'm wiping out your whole team. Ow, splat of your dreams with lyrics to shatter your schemes. The badder you seem, the more lies you tell. The more lies you sell. Now by surprise, you fell into my death trap, right into my clutches. Stupid, you know the guard must bless every single mic he touches. I've suffered just so I could return harder. Wanna be the shit starter? Fuck around, make you a martyr. I'll make you famous. Turn around and make you nameless. Cause you never understood how vital to me this rap game is. Save it and hold that. You catch a hot one. Rise to chase a fake nigga down. Soon as I spot one clip, do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that. It's all good in this business of rap. Full clip, do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that. Just you take a rest, so if you stand in my way, I'ma have to spray. Learn that if you come against me, son, you're gonna have to pray. Since back in the day, I held the weight and kept my head up. They wanna see the guard catch a L, it's all a setup. I give no man a thing power over me. Why these niggas so jealous and looking sour over me? I'm Boulder G, I'm like impossible to stop. I'm like that nigga in the ring with you, impossible to drop. I'm like two magazines fully loaded to your one, plus I ain't gonna quit spitting. You're done, plus more than ever I got my whole shit together More than a decade of hits that'll live forever Catch a rep of my name, you're bound to fry Know how many niggas that I know that's down to die We never fail, and we ain't never been frail You niggas talk crime, but you scared of jail Full clip, do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet I'm nice like that So good, in this business a rep Full clip, do you wanna mess with this? Attacking like a slick Apache, lyrics are trigger happy, blowing back your wig piece just for the way you're looking at me. Cock back, blow, I hit you up right now. I don't know why so many y'all wanna be thugs anyhow. Face the consequence of your childish nonsense. I can make your head explode just by my lyrical content. Get you in my scope and metaphorically snipe ya. I never liked ya. I gas that ass and then ignite ya. The flamethrower, make your peeps afraid to know ya. How many times I told ya? Play your position, small soldier. My heart is colder, makes me wanna resort to violence. Stop beating me in the head, son. Nah, I'm not buying it. I'm ready to blast, ready to surpass and harass. I'm ready to flip, yeah, and ready to dip with all the cash. I hold my chrome steady with a tight grip. So watch your dome already, 'cause this one might hit. Full clip. Do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that. So good in this business of rap. Full clip. Do you wanna mess with this? The gangstar, the the best yet. I'm nice like that. Yeah. Yeah. Never like something day one. Bring you through, let niggas stick you and play dumb. Hate a bitch ass, who care where you came from? You ain't prepared for when the pain come, this nigga scared. Shook to death from a cold stare, stunting. Knowing my brother's fiend to do you something over here. We had hunting in the function, I smell fear. Adrenaline start pumping, I smash pumpkins. Heart rock be in the cafe, tear the club up. And anyone that try to judge us, the last days. Making sure I get the last day. In the food chain, is you predator or prey? If you featherweight, lyrics blow your back, crack your vertebrae. Looking for a better way to get my point across. Thoughts accelerate at the same speed of the murder rate. Lord, never perpetrate a fraud till my nigga caught in fifth seat of four. Truly yours, Mr. Max. Nice. Snippet, one-way ticket, time ticket, fast blink, you might miss it. Scheming on street shit, you might get 50 stitches. Body bags sprayed up, buried in muddy ditches. I played for keeps, buzz keeps, you catch cold feet. My rap sheet speak for itself. Concrete, evidence, killer hill resident. Double dark agent, secret intelligent. My rap style's flagrant. Feel the sting of a killer bee. Johnny Blaze, street like Jack, 
MRD. Play for keeps in the city that you never sleep. Pay attention, ain't no shitting where you gotta eat. We hold it down. I move like Mad Max across the wasteland. One hand holds the head of the last brave man. Made man, Cuban link, chain of command. Authorized fan, hot like Sahara sand. My live team turned the club to a crime scene. High beams flash, promoters die behind cream. Get your face blown, my face to chrome. We take this more serious than just a poem. I think about a lot of shit, especially when I'm bent. About the foul shit going on in my life. Covering the vent, it's evident. I smoke a cigarette down to Brownsville. Thinking to myself, how many lives once per pound kill? Hopefully none. Ain't the one to give chase. Hand by Jake, worrying who might turn stakes. So I chill, put my killer. Niggas on the battlefield, on the low, plotting silent murderers. Never doubt still, never follow beef. Hey, beef, follow me. Wanna settle in the court? I say, settle in the streets like I pops did it. You got gas, get hot with it. Now you dry snitching because you got knocked with it. I just rock with it. Go with the flow, think for a hot minute. Stash my dough, secure the funds of profit. Yo, extreme rhyme niggas, you wasting your time. Fuck up with my niggas. Extraordinary line switching, your mind out position. Trying to figure this shit, rewind it and listen quick. You might miss this Olympic. Rap, javel on, travel. Will be on your weak song, doing this for too long, then I come strong. You're only a pawn and vid on. Trying to form against mine, she must have just been born. Secluded on a distant farm. This is the real world where niggas get shot and shame. With this tremendous pain, you get your frame in flame. Crush the dust by the next man's clutch. This information fucks intense rap lust. Feel the sting of a killer bee. Johnny Blaze, street like Deck MRD. Play for keeps in a city that you never sleep. Pay attention, ain't no shitting where you gotta eat. We hold it down, stand strong on our two feet. We all ready for a war here, fuck peace. What? Feel the sting of a killer bee. Johnny Blaze, street like Deck MRD. Play for keeps in a city that you never sleep. Pay attention, ain't no shitting where you gotta eat. We hold it down, stand strong on our two feet. We all ready for a war here, fuck peace. peace. One, two. One, two. Check, one, two. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 32. Hope you guys have been digging the tracks. I've been trying to mix it up this episode because it's a long one. I don't want the typical typical tracks I've been playing. Uh, like I said, a little bit of a rock influence here. Um, a little bit harder there. Um, so I hope you guys dig it. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. Again, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page at bodegabordercrew.podbean.com as well as the full... Uh, episode description on your iTunes player for track listings, uh, things we're talking about, and things that are pertaining to people we're talking with. Uh, this episode, uh, we're going to get into our second mini interview that we did with Chris from Holaholic. Uh, Holaholic is this awesome Instagram account I found uh, about a month ago, a month or so ago, where all these hauls were being like kind of. Um, uploaded to Instagram uh, all these like videos and random hauls from around the world. Hauls are something that a lot of people go down this rabbit hole and fall in love with. I have dabbled in it, but now after talking to Chris, I'm thinking about selling three boards and going picking up a little <laughs> like tomorrow. Uh, granted, the waves haven't been exactly perfect for it. But anyway, here's a little uh, talk him and I have one afternoon and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So how did you first start surfing? 
What is? Well, growing up in Florida, um, you know, it's just something that was always kind of in the air. And I have an uncle who started surfing in the, I guess it would have been the early 70s, mid 70s maybe. Uh huh. And uh, I remember being very young and seeing his surfboard on the porch of my grandparents' house and just kind of wondering, like, what is this strange object with this wax on it? Like, <laughs> what is this for? And then eventually when I was 12, we were all at the beach together. That's kind of what we, how we spent our summers, just going to the beach. And he had like an, an eight-foot something. I don't know who shaped it. It had a star fin on it. And uh, he's like, do you want to try it? I'm like, yeah. You know? And uh, we went out, and I purled you know, a few <laughs> times, and then finally kind of got far enough back on the board and stuck my hands out like an airplane wing and just went straight towards the beach and got that glide and that was it. Like, hooked, just I like was, everybody else has that first wave. Like yeah. Well, and then all I wanted was a surfboard um, for my birthday, but uh -huh. I didn't really get one until I was 14. Uh -huh. But by that time, you know, just kind of personal things happening in the family, it was harder to get to the beach all the time. We weren't going as often. So it kind of just sat in my room, you know, and, and I would only use it every now and again. Uh-huh. Um, but then once I got to college, I had more free time. I could, you know, go more often. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, I should point out it was like a, you know, 90s thruster, you know, the um, elf shoe nose and yeah. all of that. So, you know. Which is like so ridiculous because I don't understand how you can even take off, off on a board like like, <laughs> like those. A those lot speed. of people spend a lot of time paddling, especially in the windswell in yeah. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back now, I just, I don't know. Like I, I understand the, how the industry made it a thing. I just don't know how people accepted it. Like. But that's what I mean. Like I get, I get like some of those innovations that happen and you're kind of like, okay, so pro surfer, who's surfing like really big waves of consequence or really hollow stuff that's super clean. Like, yeah. There's makes, a lot of energy behind it. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like me who's surfing like in the Outer Banks or like New York or like, you know, Florida, like, how, no, this is not gonna even work. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, and it's when you don't have the energy behind the wave, it is a lot of work to just to get it to work. Yeah. You know, I still see, you know, people on those boards in conditions maybe not suited to those boards and they're working really hard to make one turn you know yeah. to d generate enough energy to do it yeah it's just ridiculous um but everybody kind of starts off with like the board that they're not supposed to be riding i mean i think that's a <laughs> yeah well that's you know that's the gateway drug yeah you know? and, I, and i and i think you know there's the the popular conception of what surfing is versus yeah what surfing is and yeah. a lot of times yeah a lot of times you you have to that's your access point and then it's kind of up to you as to like how far down you want to drill right to get into like the real route when was the first time you got on what you would deem a hull surfboard it would have been probably 2010 i was living in new york um a friend let me borrow his uh fine line mp six foot three and at the time I really didn't know what I was looking at and said friend was a little like I don't know if that's for you uh -huh. I was like just I'll just go I'll go splash around with it I don't care I yeah. just wanted something to go because at the time I was waiting for 
um, another fine line to be made for me, an egg. Um, and I took it out, and a, apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently halls don't work backside, which is not true. Um, but it seemed to work for me great, you know, in, in Rockaway. I could get down the line, I could get in the pocket and just Was this winter, zip. winter Rockaway? This would have been fall. Fall. Okay, yeah. so waves start coming in, there's, yeah. there's swell. Yeah, it was, it was like waist to maybe stomach day off the jetty. Yeah, and it worked. For me it did, but I didn't know enough about what I was on and enough about that sort of aspect of surfing to know any better. Like I got my egg and then I kind of went in other directions um, from there and then kind of ended up back in um, to like a V-Bowls, uh -huh. which is a kind of hull, but it's not like a hull hull. It's like a modernized like approach to it. Well, it's it's Ryan's, at least my interpretation of it, it's Ryan's modern uh, interpretation of the Wayne Lynch lineage mm -hmm. of those kinds of boards. How did you get that board? From, from Ryan and Phil. Uh, actually, Ryan and I met via email because I did this my obsession with surfing runs really deep, and part of how I express my obsessions is by making stuff that uh -huh. have to do with that. And at the time, I really just wanted a fish uh -huh. because I, I kind of knew more about it, and there was more of them around. Uh -huh. And uh, so I made this little fish surfboard out of that blue insulation foam. Uh -huh. Like it was, it was probably like six inches long. I shaped it, painted it made little fins out of like thick paper and like matte medium <laughs> glued them on um, made I to make a stringer I just um, it's just a glue line I cut two pieces of foam and glued them together like I tried to be as authentic to the process as I could oh wow you know without cool. using resin I actually I let the paint kind of be the coating uh -huh. like the way uh, the resin is the lamination like enough layers of that spray paint and stuff like that well just acrylic resin oh okay yeah uh, but, you know, remember Corduroy TV? Yeah, yeah. I, I submitted it to Cyrus, and he was like, hey, let me put it on the blog. And I put it on the blog, or he put it on the blog, and then Ryan had emailed me out of the blue. He's like, "Wow, that's so cool, la, 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 my name's Ryan. And I wrote back, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> you know, like, really, you know, the work I've seen you do, like, at least through blogs and stuff, looks cool. And it turns out... There was a shop in New Jersey at the time was super new uh, called Glide, and they they had some, and they just started working out this deal for Ryan to come out and shape, and then they would glass them, and I got a V bowls out of that first batch that Ryan oh, cool. flew out to to shape. Oh, that's what year was that? That must have been 2011. Okay. Maybe 2012. Okay. Somewhere in there. And that's when he was kind of also like getting a little bit of a name for himself, like all over the country, not just like local here. Yeah, he was. He was still. It was still relatively underground to where he is now, but yeah, yeah it was starting to like poke up. And actually, shortly after getting the V bowls, I was getting lots of questions from either people on the beach or. You know, someone would be interested in Phil would send them my way and I would answer their questions like how I was, you know, how I was surfing or how it was working for me. 
Where were you surfing it in? Uh, Rockaway, or I would go to like North New Jersey, like Asbury Park uh-huh. zone. There's some like very, I don't want to name the spots, but they're very friendly towards, you know, more alternative Crap. surf ground. Yeah. yeah. And was it, were you surprised? Because, you know, the classic thing always is like, oh, these things only work on point breaks. Were you surprised at how well they worked in, like, the beach breaks and the jetty breaks and stuff? I, at the time, I didn't even know any better. Like, I read about it, Uh but I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to have my own experience and then let that determine, like, how things work for me. I, at the time, never surfed a point break. Mm -hmm. I only knew, like, Florida beach break and then surfing in Rockaway or New Jersey okay that was it so yeah because that's like the one thing that like always I mean I, I think it's it's misleading I, I don't think they just work in, on point breaks I think point breaks are probably their ideal conditions the same way as like a point break is an ideal condition for almost every surf crowd well I feel that question a lot from people now through DMs and I always write back well firstly what board's not going to work great at Malibu yeah and you know what board works great in dumpy beach break like let's be real like all you need is a pocket to get those things moving mm-hmm. you know and if you still have little some sections in front of you those things are made for speed and once you know how to access that speed you can drive right around that section or even smoke it before it even breaks right you know and develop more speed because that at the end of the day that's i guess the main the main principle or like the main thought behind hulls is that like once you get them on plane they just like fly yeah yeah and i know that from my experience with the ones that i've tried in my v bottom like i think that's like what's that's kind of the thing that everybody gets hooked on right the first time that the like so I, if someone said it's like taking the um the parking brake off yeah like well the way i explain it to people like like when you really start to get it dialed and you're you're moving the fin further up in the box and you're you're really making it loose is you you know you're really doing it when you feel like you're on that edge between totally you know wiping out and staying in control mm-hmm. because you're going so fast and it's so loose and you're you know passing sections and you know you almost you almost have like a real speed blur in your yeah. vision like it's that fast yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable to me like how a lot of them you know just it is that speed factor. I don't think you feel it in any other board. Like I haven't felt it in any other board for sure. Like no. you know. Um, so you you've been riding these boards. How did you start your holaholic Instagram account? How did that start? That's. It started from actually riding, like. I don't want to say real hauls, but real real hauls, like from Brian Hilbers and Greg Little, mm-hmm. and. I had a few like really good sessions with them and I had this moment, it's kind of like a moment of clarity where I realized that the intersection of like what I wanted to do with my surfing and the craft I needed to make that happen was lining up. Mm-hmm. Like this is it, like how, how I naturally want to surf and approach a wave and, and uh, surf the wave matches what those boards want to do. And once that clicked and I had that realization, I, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more people mm-hmm. that were involved with it and, and have more information and, and also see the variety 
that Paul's can take. Mm -hmm. And I, I came in one morning from, I think it was like three or four days of really epic sessions on these boards. And, you know, everything seems to be on Instagram now. Uh, a lot of the blogs that were out there are, are now on Instagram. But there wasn't a, one place on Instagram to like consistently look at and discuss Paul's mm -hmm. of all shapes and sizes yeah. and from different uh, board makers too yeah. from around the world. So I, there wasn't a lot of forethought to it. I was like, I'm just going to do this and if just a few of my friends follow and we can just post up boards and talk about them, fine. Like that was enough. Right. But it started to, to grow and more and more people started following but then people started DMing or tagging me yeah. and their board so it, instead of really having to look things then started coming in uh -huh. so it just kind of built on its own it's like becoming its own like little monster in the world. yeah and I, I want it to be that way like I want it I don't want it to be about me I want it to be about you know the community of people that enjoy these boards for their, whatever their reasons are are you finding like so you're saying like people are like tagging you and stuff? Are you finding some boards like you never heard of before? Like, I'm finding some smaller people that are building them, uh -huh. you know, and I'm looking into them to see what what they're doing. Um, personally, my my frame of reference for those boards are kind of the the Valley Crew, mm -hmm. like you know Little Kirk Putnam, Brian Hilbers, mm -hmm. that crew. That's my sort of entry point, but there are other people doing them in different places for different reasons. Um, I know a guy, his label is uh, Greek FC. Mm -hmm. He makes hulls, but he's kind of tuning them for him and his waves. I think he's a little further south okay. than where we are. You know, yeah, and, and there's like Manny with Mandala and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's tuning, he's tuned those to his waves. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you surf Swami's on one of his boards. It's like, unheard of. Well, that's the thing about hulls. I, I think there's a misconception that there's like one way to make a hull yeah. and really when when Greg was surf or shaping them he has like hundreds of templates from different people that were writing them mm -hmm. they were tuned to the writer so if you surfed a hull and it didn't work for you talk to somebody talk about how you surf and then find something tuned to the way you surf you know maybe pull the wide point back some Maybe narrow the nose, or maybe widen the nose. Mm -hmm. Maybe do something with the tail. Maybe adjust the rocker, adjust the thickness. There's the idea behind at least what Greg was doing, from what I understand, is they wanted to tune the board to the rider to the wave. It wasn't just take a board off the rack and go do it. Right. It was it was a process communication between the rider and the shaper and the wave or the waves, the set of waves they were surfing. So it's almost like a per he was working on developing like the perfect like wave vehicle for that person. Exactly. Like where they're surfing. So it's like, hey, I'm used to like I surf Topanga and blah blah blah, and, and this is me, and I'm front foot heavy. Like the boards can dramatically change how they're gonna, they're gonna make it. What are some of the consistent principles you think that you see in these boards, like to d define it as a hull? Like, you know. For me, it would be generally, generally. Wide point is center or above center, even though V bottoms, you pull that back. Um, upturned rail in the nose, 
kind of a 50-50-ish. Some people pull it down to a 40-60 in the middle and then a little more down towards the tail. Uh, traditional hulls, like a full-on, full-belly hull, there's no edge in the tail, but the more modern interpretations people are doing, they, they put a little edge. Like the Vicaros, right? The Vicaros have like a little edge in the tail. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Like the stuff that he's doing, kind of along the, the Serenas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, from my perspective anyways, I don't think there's a right or a wrong as long as you're maintaining certain basic principles like the upturned rail, the, the um, hull belly in the front. Um, someone like Manny takes that and then applies, you know, V panels and concaves, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, his boards are really interesting, like, like in person, like they're kind of like nuts to feel. Yeah. Like I know like there's, and there's a huge difference between all of them, like, like the, um, his stubbies and then like the Avocet and like some of the other models he has, like there's, there is a pretty dramatic difference, but there are still some of those principles that you could see. It's like almost like the, all the boards are related, but they're different ages and grew up in different like neighborhoods almost. Like it's like right. kind of crazy to see. Well, it's kind of like if you're cooking, you have different ingredients that, depending on what you're going after, you can put these ingredients together, still have like a similar dish, but a little of this, a little of that to make it work for that. Right. Yeah, person. that makes sense. Yeah, because like, you know, like I, I showed you that like that V-bomb that I have, it's like dramatically different than like, you know, the fine line ones and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's some principles that are kind of like similar. It's still pizza. But right. it's not one's pepperoni and one happens to be like vegan pizza. Well, the, actually the board that really started me on like the heavy obsession huh. is a, a friend let me borrow, it's a 7-0 Cooper Fish Designs uh -huh. V-bottom. Oh, wow. And I just, I didn't want to give it back. Like <laughs> he wanted it back like pretty quickly and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> You're like, uh, like this, this is like all I want to do. Like it did everything. It was like a little race car. You know, it did everything I They're wanted fun. it to do. Do you think if you if someone was like, "Hey, I'm interested in feeling what a hull feels like," what do you think their like entry point type of board is, or specific board that you would think? Well, I just I would ask them how far they want to go down the rabbit hole. Right. Know? Like, do you want to just jump in? You know, uh -huh. I would recommend getting a little uh -huh. something that's like full belly hull, yeah. like a death machine. Yeah. Um, if they want to dial it down a little bit and have something that's still hull but is approachable to someone maybe that doesn't surf a hull, I would recommend something like a Vaquero, which, I mean, the people on those boards love them. I've, I've written yeah. a few and they're, I just recently posted a Vaquero and put, it's like a horse that knows the way home. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, you just get on them and, you know, there's no... There's nothing unexpected, you know. You just get that full hull trim. It's crazy, like the ones I've seen them, like people ride them everywhere between like a six ten and like eight something. Like I've seen like the, the gambit on them, and, and they're pretty rippable. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm know? like, I, I always see them at like Topanga and Malibu and stuff like that. Like sometimes at Venice, but it's like very rarely. Um, where do you think like those edge bottom boards come into play with this kind of stuff? But it's because it's from Greeno. Uh, I'll post them and someone every now and again will chime in and be like, but it's not a haul. And I'm like, well, naturally, right? Right. That's, I think it's mm -hmm. obvious, but it's still haul rails. Yeah. And it's coming from Greeno. So shortly after he did the Velo, he did the edge spoon. Yeah. 
and that was to surf more windy conditions, like out of the ways places where people wouldn't be. Like yeah. people were looking for clean waves, and they would be crowded. So he's like, well, how can I access these other waves that are maybe not as clean but still have power? And my experience with edge boards is that they do take the chop factor and eliminate the chop factor. So oh, you can still surf like a pretty windy day and draw some pretty clean lines. And yeah, because once it gets on plane in places, it's like hydrofoiling almost. It's hydrofoiling, but though the edges, it's like a chisel. It just cuts right oh, through. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. I saw someone the other day with like a, I think he told me it was an like a little over eight, a Serena edge board. Yeah. And it's and the wind started picking up and he was the only one who was like able to like fucking draw that line. It was like insane to watch. But it had this crazy concave in it. Like it had the edge, but then like in it it had this like like crazy like V bottom thing in it too. I was like Like a double double concave. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like it was like kinda like I was like, Whoa, there's a lot of shit going on here. Like this is kinda like all over the place. And he's like, Yeah, he's like I it's like I got it directly from Andrini, and it's like it's this is my go-to board. Well, from what I understand, Mark is really stoked on the edge thing. Yeah. And for the same reasons, like he's up north surfing, mm -hmm. you know, waves that are pretty windy. Yeah, you and need big. that help. Yeah. Yeah. And now, what's his name? Um, Scott Anderson and Kirk Putnam have those boards that they're making. Yeah, I've got one. They just finished. Oh, okay. Yeah. You did? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. They were going to, like, when do we ship it? I was like, just let me come to the boardroom first. You, you might be shipping more than one board oh, back so, out soon. So, okay, so you're in, you're going to go to the boardroom show that's going on at the Delmar Fairgrounds. Yeah. Um, you picking up a bunch of boards? Is that what's going on? Well, I don't know. I have to see what's there, but I did liquidate a lot of my quiver prior to being here. Ah, so. in preparation? <laughs> yeah, because well, I know. I'm like, I want that one. I want that one. But... I'm really going just to introduce myself to people like Kurt and Scott mm -hmm. um, and some other people that are making hull or hully type boards just to you know, let them know who I am and get to know them a little bit. I mean, they're, I, I know Scott's a great guy and Kurt's supposed to be amazing. I mean, I think it's amazing too, like that how they've taken over the, um, if you will, the library of all that stuff and producing those boards right here in, in Hermosa. Um, it's like it's pretty nuts, like, you know. It's nice to see how many are being produced because then you know how many people are riding them. Yep. Um, I knew I want to get one of those those death mo uh, death models. I think death machine. Yeah. Yeah, you won't you won't come back when you go when you go that far down. Yeah, because everyone said like someone told me they're like okay if you want to go there, don't like don't tiptoe into it. Just he's like they were like you have a V bomb ready. You understand how it works. Like just. Just pull this, like just get like just 72. Go. Don't think about it, just go. That's yeah. the other thing I tell people, like if you want to try it, just go surf it. Don't have expectations, go surf it, listen to your body, listen to what the board wants and talk to people that ride them. You know, the one you're on might not be the one for you, but talk to a shaper that knows mm -hmm. how to shape them and have one made, maybe it takes three or four boards to figure it out. To figure it out. And I know that's an investment some people maybe can't do, but you know, that that would be the way I would go about it. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. I have a death machine, you know, I'm, I'm gonna ride it a little more and then get back with Kirk, like, you know, I'm, maybe I wanted to do this or that and mm -hmm. try to dial in something. I'm really interested actually in the baby V. 
that he's doing. Yeah, what, what's he? He makes those at like between seven and eight, right? They they go down to like six six, up to like eight feet, and I'm interested in like the smaller ones. I think it would be a good um, crossover from something like a hot generation to a smaller, more stubby hull. Yeah, they sell them at like mollusk every once in a while, and they don't last long on the rack. Like they're not there for that long. Like they'll last like, like two weeks and they're gone. I mean, I'm always like looking for them. Um, but I think I'm gonna probably go that that death machine route, like on on the next one. Like as much as I love like the mids I have, like they're fun. But I mean, I kind of want to like go back to like getting back into the whole thing. The speed on those is so great, especially when you nail like a real hull bottom turn. Yeah. And just get all of that speed and projection. Mm-hmm. It's it. You're done. Now, where do you, where do you see this world going to? Like what direction like the hull world yeah just in general like like you know because it's obviously like the thing with the hulls is they're developed during they started the development during that transition era where like you know i was talking to you earlier about it like it's crazy that this like four or five year period there are so many designs that like were made for like a week and then disappeared you yeah. know and like everybody's looking back now especially with the littles like everybody's going back to that library and looking at every single outline and model that he ever made and like expanding on yeah. You know, he's an example. And you have shapers who are doing, like, I hate using the term, like, a modern interpretation, but they're doing, like, a kind of more user-friendly interpretation of them and stuff. So w- where do you see, like, the world of hulls going now that there's, like, a bigger audience developing? Um, hopefully in a realm where they're just being developed for particular breaks and for particular surfers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know there's what's his name, Tristan, with Fantastic Acid, mm-hmm. out in Bali. Uh-huh. You know, he's developing those boards for, for those waves. You know, I think there's definitely a, an interest in them, what, I'm, what I found through the account. Uh-huh. Um, there's some smaller people. There's actually a people in Florida making them. Really? Yeah. You know, they're just, they're not as extreme. You know, there's not, um, it's the other element of a hull. You can adjust how deep the hull is, yeah. you know, like if you're in, if you're looking for something for, you know, more energy, you can make the hull deeper, but if you want to relax the hull, it makes it a little more user friendly and a little more wave friendly towards lesser quality, lower energy waves. It's mm-hmm. interesting. So like I was saying, there's, there's no like uh, standard model. Right. It's all adjustable for the surfer and for the waves. It's almost, like the most, it's almost like the most adjustable kind of surfboard DNA there is. In the sense, like, you get the most out of it making it for that wave. Right. Kind of thing. I mean, a lot of boards are kind of like multitask E, if you will. Like, you could be like, okay, it's going to work on these like kind of waves and those kind of waves. But, like, it seems like from what you're saying, what I'm learning is, like, with hulls, it's like you really want to be like, hey, I'm surfing these specific waves in these specific conditions, I need the board to like be for that. Well, and that, that requires some work on the surfer yeah. prior. You know, like dialing in your wave, mm-hmm. noticing the conditions, noticing the wind, the swell directions, what the sections are, mm-hmm. then going forward from there. And that also gives you something to talk about your shaper with. Right. So like we, we were talking over lunch about the, the V-bowls. Yeah. I had two V-bowls prior then I moved to Rhode Island. 
I've got a couple of waves pretty wired. Um, Ryan has surfed those waves, you know, from, from being there. Um, we had a discussion. The third V-Bowls, he nailed it. You know, it's like have, being able to have those conversations in, the, in a relationship with the person making your board, I think is important. And that's, you know, if, if I could, if, if the account would, you know, give me that platform, that's what I want to encourage people to do is to reach out to the people making these boards that have been making these boards and start a relationship with them, start a conversation with them about the surfing you want to do, you know, why you want to surf these boards and where you want to surf them. Right. Because they're not for everybody. No, no, really no. I, I totally agree with that. Like, like I said over lunch, like I've had people try mine and they're like, I can't fucking understand this. And there are people who are regarded as being like really good surfers and it just, and I always tell them, I'm like, hey, it's just not for you. It's just, right. it's not, this isn't for everybody. Like no, and and I definitely, I don't want my account to come off that way. Yeah, like I got it's it's very specific to a, a a kind of surfing. Yeah, no, it, you know? it's true. But I think it's it's great what you're saying. It's like going back to like how surfboards used to be shaped, right? Like you used to know your shaper, you used to talk yeah. to them. You'd go down. You'd like you'd sometimes even see your board like halfway being scraped. Like you know they'd be like, hey, this is what I'm doing to your board. You know, you'd see yeah. it be and like ah. Oh, you know, I'm thinking I'll take this much off of it and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of, it's nice to have that. And the other thing, like you were saying, it might take two or three, you know, two, three boards to fit, get that sweet spot. Relatively speaking, in, in a surfing lifespan, that's not a lot. That's, no. No, that's well, not like a ridiculous amount. There's also a reason why people hang on to their littles. Yeah. Because once you get it dialed, that's the board. Yeah. You know, there's not this, like, you know flipping mm -hmm. happening you know you might need to flip the first couple yeah you know to the right person that's right. going to get it while you dial in you know the thing you're looking for yeah it's funny i said there was one that sold used that mollusk that was one of the ones he shaved and i saw the person at malibu with it pull it out of his car and he's like i was like oh did he? i was like you bought that he's like you bought it from from mollusk and he's like yeah, he's like, he's like, and this thing is never leaving my hands. Yep. He's like, never, ever in a million years. He's like, it's so perfect. And again, he dialed in. And, and then I surfed with him and I was like, oh yeah, you have this thing. Like, this is your, like, it's an extension of you. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. I, I looked for like six months trying to find a Greg-shaped mm -hmm. little and I just couldn't find one. Like, I find them. Like, I know people that have them, but yeah. they're like, no, I will only trade yeah. a little for a little. Like, that's it. Yeah, so I sure. went. That's I went the Kurt route. I got the one of the new ones, uh -huh. and honestly, I like knowing that I can have a relationship now yeah. with them. You know, yeah. and say, okay, let's try it. You know, I, for me, I think I want to actually try a smaller death machine, like a six ten. Uh huh. So I'm gonna talk to them about that. What size is the one you have? I have a seven four. Seven four. That's about the size I'm looking like seven four, seven six or something. It has enough float, and it's not like too long that it's unwieldy and stuff like that yeah like um, i i think i would like it just a little shorter so i could tuck it under my chest a little more while i'm getting into waves oh that makes sense okay I for, see me, for me for yeah. me like it's a personal tweak yeah again it's like a, yeah for me it's like i tend to like just like a little bit more not even width just a little length sometimes just to give me a little space um kind of thing um so who would you like to thank and shout out in closing? Uh, uh, well, firstly,
Kirk Putnam, um, shortly after starting the account, I realized I can't have any kind of conversation about this without bringing in, you know, Greg Little's boards. Mm -hmm. And Kirk kind of holds the keys to that. So I messaged him and I said, look, I'm doing this. You know, can I share some of your images from your account? Because I, this doesn't work without, mm -hmm. you know, you. Like, and I've let him know that I've, you know, been reading his um, KP's Roundup mm -hmm. for years prior to even Instagram. Right. Like it was in my blog feed, blog reader, back yeah, yeah. when everyone read blogs. And, uh, and, I, and I let him know, like, you know, the name definitely comes from me writing or reading your blog. So, like, and he said, yeah, sure. So, and it's, you know, in his own way, he's been supportive. You know, he sends me pictures every now and again, or so he'll send awesome. me a clip. Like, out of nowhere, it'll just, it'll be like, DM, and it'll, no text, just a picture. You know, and it's <laughs> almost like, it's like a puzzle for me to, like, figure out. That's kind of you know? awesome. Yeah. Well, I, what I like about him, at least my interactions with him so far, is he, he leaves a crumb, but he leaves enough room for you to figure it out, you know, so, that's, so you can still have your own experience with See, it. See, that's awesome. So it's like you're, you're learning it. He's just pointing you in the right direction. Yeah. He's kind of like, okay, you should look underneath this rock. Right. Like, that's the rock you should look under. Right. And you go see what you see. And, like, you know, I also want to point out, like, I'm not an expert. Uh -huh. I'm just an average surfer like yeah. most people. I just, I happen to find these boards are what's really working for me. And I like turn something on in my surfing that has got me even like more excited about being in the water. And, and after surfing. all, that's, that's what we're looking for, right? Yes. Um, anybody else? Yeah, my, my boys, um, TJ and Andrew from The Current. Uh -huh. um, they're, they're poised to do some really exciting things for Rhode Island and New England surfing. They have a little, um, in the summertime they shoot videos of a lot of the local surfing and then oh. pop them up. And then next month we're doing an art show. Oh, cool. Uh, with some of the local artists. Um, I did a, a collaborative print with them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I was stoked. Well, they introduced me yeah. to you through yeah. the, uh, the podcast you did with uh, the Waxhead, Matt. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matty C. Yeah. Which he's going to, I think there might be like, we're, I'm trying to figure out if it's we're going to call it a part two or a remix, but he's going to be in town in a couple of days again. I might have to sit him down. Well, that, that moment where you were talking about the transition shapes uh -huh. and like basically taking the 50s pig and like uh, refoiling it, putting the Brino fin on it, mm -hmm. and then leading to the V bottoms and all of that. We were having that conversation, me and, and TJ and Andrew. Oh, okay. In, in relation to Hulls. And so a few days went by, we were at the beach having this discussion, he sends it to me, and that's how I learned about your podcast. It's like, and, I, and I wrote it back, I'm like, this podcast is the joint. Like, <laughs> I like it, and then I, I listened to everything. Like, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to have people that let me sit down with them for an hour and talk to them. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky that they do that. But Matt is also like, the other thing that I love about Matt is like, he's like the fucking encyclopedia of Australian surfing. Like, yeah. it is fucking, when he sat down in my house, like I was like, I was like, just like, it was almost like that Memorex thing where it was just like the wind was blowing. It was like that, like I was like, oh my God, like I just want to absorb all this. And that's why when he was, he's going to be back in town after Mexi Log Fest, I was like, Maddie, I was like, 
I was like, you got some other stuff you want to talk about? And he's like, actually, and he just started listing stuff up. Like, why don't you just sit down and I'll put the mic in front of you. You talk as much as you want. So there'll be another one of those. Um, awesome. But uh, make sure to check out your Instagram account, which I'm going to link in this episode. And uh, yeah, have fun at the boardroom show. Great. Thank awesome. You. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks to Chris uh, for hanging out with us and talking about halls and getting me inspired again. I hope you guys get some inspiration out of it. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun to ride. I don't get the whole thing that a lot of people freak out and say they're hard to ride. Maybe I just connect with them a lot easier than most people. I think that comes from me just being a little heavier on my front foot uh, and wanting to double, you know, double turn with both feet, not just with my back foot. Uh, but anyway, uh, definitely check out his account. Uh, if you can, check out his story, his Instagram story as well, uh, because he posts uh, a bunch of stuff that he had seen at the boardroom show. I don't know if any of it's saved. He might be pinning it. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's get back into it, because uh, this is going to be a long episode, and then we'll have a couple of short takes. Peace! Never see me smile. Rough and rugged, kicking the hardcore freestyle. Flavor filled funk bust.
the way I word it. Punks who pop junk kid tend to get murdered. Not a violent kid, though. Prefer to free the flow. Check it. Loop a fucking 45 and I'll wreck it. Face it. Here's something to make you jump around and get down, get down. Honey's always on me trying to get my attention. Flexing, scheming on a Carmel complexion. Juju the beat, man, under God's protection. Beat does make it moves like a mark connection.
to this uh, extended version of the Bodega Board Group podcast. Although I think this is going to kind of be the route now. I think I'm going to be doing these longer format episodes uh, just because they're a lot of fun. Uh, I, they, they do take me a little bit more work, but I think they're a little bit more fun to listen to. Um, so I hope you're not too bored. I hope uh, you don't get sick of the music, and I hope you don't get sick of the interviews and the ranting that I have. But anyway, uh, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 32. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegaboardcrew.podbean.com, as well as uh, our full uh, description on your iTunes player for track listings, things we're talking about, and links pertaining to things uh, that we're talking to people with about. Um, in this episode, uh, we have a couple of short takes. The first short take has to do with uh, this Bob McTavish uh, artist collaboration board that he did with um, uh, with James Edelson. Uh, we post a link to the video. I think it's really cool when uh, some of these uh, heritage uh, board builders, such as Bob, work with these younger artists and let them do their thing. Uh, I think I need it, it's it's good when it's appropriate. It's bad when it's not. This is one of the times that it really worked. That it didn't seem forced. You know, sometimes. You know, I've seen it happen in skateboarding where a skateboarding company buys a license from like some artist foundation. They put all the graph, all the art on on the boards, and it just looks stupid. Uh, it's great to see artists who surf actually do stuff for surfing rather than artists that don't surf. And this was a good example of it. And I think you should check it out. The next short take we have this week is a video that uh, Surf Market out of Japan put out. Uh, where it has some of their crew surfing a black nail uh, model from Dash Surfboards. Uh, surfers Yuta Teria and uh, Tatsutsoshi Muto uh, surf this board at their local break. The reason why I think this video is cool and why videos like this are cool because it's interesting to see local shops have their local riders at their local break surfboards. So you could see what they how they perform. You know. If you're in like the Outer Banks and you see someone surf a board at Malibu, it doesn't give you like a great representation of how that board's going to work at your local break. So localized surf shops like this, when they put out content, it really helps their customers understand how a certain board is going to work where they are used to surfing. The surfing's great. I also look, I geek out on uh, any videos I see out of Japan of people logging because I think in Japan there's been this, this really amazing embracement of logging culture and they've taken it into a direction that has actually influenced uh u.s logging culture uh, very much so uh, i mean think of it most of our wetsuits are being made out of there that we like and and you know that's revolution revolutionized it but also the style of waves that they have um mimics some of our waves but also are a bit different so i think it's cool to check out the next short take has to do with the Critical Slide Society full-length video they put out. It's a really cool video because it's not really like all about surfing. It's about the people behind the brand. And, you know, I forgot who I was listening to uh, recently, but I, I believe in this adage that if there's soul behind any kind of artwork, you can really feel it. And I think you can really feel it from their brand that there's a soul behind it. And it's really amazing to see these people that are building this brand you know the artists the designers the photographers you know the people who are documenting it uh the owners and all that stuff um it's it's really cool to see what the, what they're about and also the fact that they come 
from this very uh, DIY as spirit, but not just DIY. DIY would be a bad way to describe it. I think it's more of a spirit of where they just wanna they want to do things on their own terms. And I think that goes back to like what skateboarding culture uh, ethos used to be back in like the late 80s and early 90s where these companies were like, we're going to do it the way we want to do it. We don't care what anyone says. And all these guys involved with the brand really are about that. They do what they do on their own terms. And they also know that collaborating together, they could build a better brand and a better thing. And I think that's something that we can learn a lot from in the logging culture. And the fact that like, even though each one of us individually is doing our own thing on a certain level, that together we're gonna make this thing bigger. So I think it's a cool video to check out. I love when brands put stuff together like this. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much more about it because I want you to just see it. Uh, we link to it uh, on our description and check it out and let us know what you think. The last short take we have this week has to do with the guys over at Current. Uh, Current, the Current crew out of Rhode Island, they put together videos of surfing uh, in Rhode Island, which looks a lot of fun. Um, and they're putting on this show on uh, June 1st, uh, this uh, Salt of the Earth art exhibit, where they're gonna have music and art and food and the whole thing. And the, the the news that we're announcing on this episode is that's going to be where we premiere Lucy's. So we're not going to even premiere Lucy's online for a while. Um, we're going to show it at this event. I know Joel released a clip that was uh, being going to be used for Lucy's. Uh, so it gives you a little taste of what's going to be in that video. Um, so we're excited to partner up with these guys. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great event to be part of. A lot of their local artists. Uh, they're going to have a, a raffle for a, a board shaped by a local shaper. And again, they're going to be showing a bunch of videos throughout the night. We're really happy that they're, they're uh, having us uh, premiere our video there. Um, it's going to be the first of many uh, little outings for our video because I think we're going to shop around to a bunch of festivals. Um, we've been getting a positive response to like, you know, the, the, the little snippets that we've been showing to people. So anyway, we'll keep talking about it, but June 1st, uh, make sure you check it out. If you're in Rhode Island, uh, we have a link to, uh, the information on our, uh, a Podbean page, as well as, uh, the description of this episode. And again, thanks to the current guys for supporting us and for allowing us that opportunity. Well, that's it for this episode and this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys like the track selections. Again, thanks to Troy Elmore. Thanks to Chris from Holoholic. Uh, thanks to everybody. Honestly, you know, um, I'm really grateful for everyone in the surfing community to, to support us. Uh, I want to give a big shout out and big love to the guys and girls over at the Mexi Log Fest. Uh, I was very jealous all week that I wasn't there, but I'll be there next year. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I want to thank uh, all our listeners that have been uh, emailing for sticker packs. I'll get those out soon. I'm just waiting for some new stuff to come in. Uh, but anyway, this has been a long episode. I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, we're going to end with some tracks that are very, uh, they're kind of surprising for some listeners of ours uh, that have more of a, of a rock background, indie rock background than a hip hop background. And I hope you guys enjoy. But again, we'll end this episode like we always do. There's no need to bust a craze on a wave. You know, there's no need to push someone off a wave. You could share if you can. Um, I have a general rule that if, as long as you're about 10 feet in front of me, I really don't care. As long as you don't go straight for shore and you're going down the line, I'm totally chill with it. 
because you know sometimes it happens that you get excited and you drop in but if you do drop in on someone make sure to pull out make sure to say hi to people uh, the parking lot is your best friend when you go surfing at a spot make sure you s say hi and smile to everyone uh, you might make a new friend and uh, you might make some uh, get to meet someone who tells you how to surf a place better but with that I'm gonna let you guys go uh, with these tracks and I'll see you next week peace That. You wanna try that? It's like a flashback. So shake your ass crack. I got the boss to rock the saucer, funk the blueser, any groove to make you move. Cause taking you to another landscape is my mandate. I'm highly animated, even though I'm decomposing. So if your feet is frozen, I'ma die to see you open. I'm and the DJ spin. I want y'all to just get down. 
I want the MC rhyming and the DJ cutting. I want y'all to just get down. And when the MC rhyme and the DJ spin, I want y'all to just get down. Now while the MC rhyming and the DJ cutting, I want y'all to just get down. Tap your toes and clap your hands. Come on, trace the globe and shake your pants. Just twist your hip and do the dip. Come on, shake your back, do whatever it takes. Gravitational pull, I have you making a fool out of yourself on the dance floor. Doing backspins, running man and more. Party down with vigor and candor. Come into the jam or look like a landlubber. And do the aqua boogie, win lots of goodies, baby. Pop the Gucci while the turntables is talking to me. It's awfully groovy seeing all the treasure and the booty. And the and the DJ spin, I want y'all to just get down. Now while the MC rhyming and the DJ cutting, I want y'all to just get down. And when the MC rhyme and the DJ spin, I want y'all to just get down. Now while the MC rhyming and the DJ cutting, I want y'all to just get down. Tap your toes and clap your hands. Come on, trace the globe and shake the pan. Just twist your hip and do the dip. Come on, shake your back, do whatever it takes. I wanna get down lower than Atlantis, going toe to toe with an enchantress. Get funkier than funkadelic wearing pampers, while you eggheads is on the wall preparing answers. Sharing transcripts while we over here dipping and dancing, rhythm romancing. Wallflowers giving no action, nope. All hours we chilling and maxing, so relaxing. Opposites attracting, I'ma toss my hat in. Lost when the track spin, like I'm on a crack bench, jiggling and wiggling. Freaking booty speaking to the cutie, so belligerent. No religion, just bonk the feed on. You'll feel reborn. Negativity, we just dead it like decon. Better lift your feet and just measure the beat on. The pulse when it respawns. Tap your toes and clap your hands. Come on, trace the globe and shake your pants. Just twist your hip and do the dip. Come on, shake your bank, do whatever it takes. Photographs of the last 
laugh It's mine, you're behind For the mind and for the soul That's how I roll Now I hold the mic that my life depended on it I'm doing a bonnet My lung gets watered and I'm apart from whackness I'm separated Did you like how I spike the ball? Despite your all You can come bite a small portion There's more in the vault Halt, have a vault I alter your brain kind of binge Yeah, it's my fault I sustain better blends Of words, hers, they'll be damn heat The speech with you to me I'll just me, no simile Never flow simply Cause it's meant to be The truth, the truth And nothing but the truth I tell it to the youth The fellow of the proof in the print Wouldn't you like to know? Oh, no, you didn't My flow's never quitting And that's the truth The motherfucking truth, my man
the brother is murdered and mad at the fact that's corrupt like a senator. So on the road, would you treat it like soap on the rope? Cause the beats and the lies are so dope. Listen for lessons I'm saying inside music that the critics are blasting me for. They'll never care for the brothers and sisters. Why? Cause the country has us up with the war. We got to get them straight. Come on now. They're gonna have to wait till we get it right. Radio stations like question their blackness. They call us a black, but we'll see if they'll play this. Turn it up. Bring the noise. The crowd runs to me, my DJ is warm, he's next, I call him Norm, you know, he can cut a record from side to side, so with the ride, the glide, so be much safer than a suicide, so control beat is the father of your rock and roll, music for what, for which, and you call a band, man, making the music, a music, but you can't do it, you know, you call them demos, but we ride demos too, what you gonna do, rap is not afraid of you, beat us for Sonny Bono, beat us for Sonny Bono, run the MC, first in the DJ, couldn't be a band, stand on his own feet, get you out your seat, beat us for Eric B and LL as well, hell, wax is for Anthrax, still like your rock bells, ever forever, universal and will sell, time for me to exit,